0: this is episode 19 i hope you have your pumpkin spice lattes ready because we're gonna fall into seasonal premieres i have your co-host jason and i'm joined as always as usual with
1: disappointed will over here all the flannel wearing, the pumpkin spice latte buying, the UGG boots buying. Oh, cooking you, fans you know are it. Now, You know it. Now swarming to this podcast because you had to stoop down to that level. Okay, well, I mean, no better way to introduce the fall season than to you know tell you to go down to your local coffee shop and pick up that usually pumpkin spice. It's Starbucks. It has to be Starbucks. right? Yes. it's always every every any time it's getting to September, October. Actually, yeah, October. It's not Halloween. It's pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice latte, latte time. Season. Yeah.
0: yeah. Go get your pumpkin spice, whatever. I I okay. I to, I, do you like pumpkin spice? I, I kind of do, but not in the way that everyone kind of like loves it. Okay. Do you, I, like, do you like do you like pumpkin pie? Yeah.
1: Okay. There you go. Okay, that's, uh, we we can agree on that. Pumpkin I kind of I kind of like a lot of pies actually. There's not that many pies, even like meat pies. I'm I'm pretty okay with too. The only time I'm not that down is when you get key lime pie. Anybody oh ever? no, I like key lime pie. Because so, sometimes like some people kind of like do the shortcut and use like a, a jello kind of substitute for well, it. Well, then at that point, it's not a really, pie. It's, it's really jello, pie, right? It's just it's just pello- it's jello with, with a crust. Pie crust. It's 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 fucking weird. You, can you we we guess my use? favorite pie? Cherry. Uh, banoffee, but bano, banoffee. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah. Banoffee pie is not really a pie. I know, but it's really good, dude. <laughs> it's just it's just cream and, and and fucking graham crackers and and banana. Which well, yeah. to be fair, it's it, great. It, it's really really. That good. combination is awesome. No, uh, okay, no, I, I can agree. With that. I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of basic.
0: I like a, a good apple pie. Yeah, apple pie is fine. Apple pie is great. I, if, if, whenever I have my birthdays, I prefer to have an apple pie. Dedicated. I don't have it with ice cream, though. I just don't. I mean, also because I'm lactose, like low tolerance of lactose or yeah, lactose what's, intolerant. What's, what's
1: it called when it's apple pie and ice cream? Is it pie
0: a la mode or Fucking something that. like that? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. A la mode. Yeah, it's yeah. a la mode. It's a la mode. All right. Okay. Enough about desserts okay, okay. and pie. So uh, <laughs> let, me, let me repeat again. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is Good Anime Pal podcast, uh, episode 19. Uh, we uh, Will's having a cup of his coffee. He's pretty tired, I suppose. It's, and, uh, been
1: a, it's been a very, very trying week for everyone in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah.
0: So a bit of context for that. Uh, we kind of had two typhoons back to back. Yeah. So the first typhoon that hit uh, prior to
1: the weekend uh, of this recording uh, was uh, Typhoon Lion Rock, uh, which I thought was pretty apt because we have a little Ooh. hill in Hong Kong called, called Lion rock. rock. Yeah, And I was like, why is there a storm specifically on Lion Rock? And then only like a couple hours later, they realize. No, the typhoon is actually called Typhoon Lion Rock. Um, it was pretty rough in the sense that it dragged longer than I expected. It wasn't the strongest typhoon, but it also coincided with a lot of like a lot of rain. So lots of Hong Kong was flooded. Um, even my apartment got like screwed because the circuit board for all the power in my building got blown out. So I haven't had power for the last week. So it's, you had uh, to, like, figure out some alternative means, I have, like, right? some temporary abode. I've got, like, you know, just all the stuff that I need right. with me, which means I'm carrying most of it around with me because I never know when I need to go back to the apartment to check on stuff. Uh, but at the very least, I have, I have hot water. I have running water. I have electricity. Uh, it sucks when, you know, you're... Your water boiler is gas, but the panel to it is electric. So, right, I like, see. So and it's, it's also, um, you, you don't know troubling times that like you've had to use the bathroom in the dark.
0: Right, That's, or, or yeah. it's
1: sort of like you take
0: internet for granted or
1: electricity for granted until it's gone, right? It's like, I want to watch anime, so I boot something up, and after a while, it's like my data is getting used up, my power is, my phone battery is down like 10% after watching one episode. Like I don't know,
0: man. Like, I would have thought the phone batteries now lasted longer, but no. Um and then, and then we had Monday as a break, and then uh, the Hong Kong Observatory kind of messed up over the weekend with the first typhoon kind of saying that it wasn't much, and then it ended up being a lot. It ended up being delayed like four times to like, yep. bring down the typhoon signal. And then now, now uh, I think yesterday and the day before, they knew that another typhoon was incoming, so then they decided to... Play it safe, I suppose. Yeah, uh, Typhoon Kompasa. This is the yes. second
1: Typhoon. So literally back-to-back Typhoons. Uh, this one was like... Kind of nothing, really. No- nothing really. Um, it, it was pretty rough in terms of the winds, but nothing in comparison to what we saw over the weekend. I think it only lasted around like 12 hours in total, and then it got brought down in the afternoon. But at that point, everyone was already off work. And today is a public holiday, so that's why we're recording. Yeah, so we're just trying to make the best of the situation. Uh, we're just trying to manage things, you know, from acts of God with the terrible weather and also with other obligations we have in upcoming weekends. We're doing the best we can to make sure that we maintain uh, a good release cycle uh, for the, um, the anime Palette podcast. All we right. To make sure you guys
0: get our, your daily, no, your, your bi-weekly dose of the GAP boys. Right. So um, we, as you might expect it with my terrible word pun in the beginning, we are doing fall seasonal premieres. Will and I have watched a to, lot. To be fair, I actually quite appreciate it. It's, it was cringe, but it was also like primo stuff. <laughs> I liked it. I think I'm, that's, I'm just going to do that every time. I think that's how it is. Uh, so because of we watched like how many premieres? Like, oh, like 15, 16? 15 or sixty at least. At least. So then we decided then to kind of have a break. And for me, at least, I would read a bunch of manga. So in our first section, what we've been watching or reading... We actually don't have much to say, which is good in a way because we can then go knee deep into fall seasonal twenty twenty one. Yeah, this is one of the
1: first times when like the watching homework is actually not that substantial. Yeah, like a lot of the stuff we will be watching basically helped to prepare us for future episodes. But for this specific episode, it was quite nice. It was it was easy to sort of manage times. Oh, you know, this is going to release that day. This is going to release that day. Yeah. I literally had like several days where. I was just like, I'm just going to chill. It was like three episodes dropped for like one, uh, uh, for three anime series that uh, was airing the season. And then we both watched it like real time. Done. Yeah. All right. So, Will, uh, you read something. Uh... Yeah. So, as I mentioned earlier, it was really difficult to actually watch anime on my phone. Not that I couldn't do it. It's just sometimes like the, it, w- it would lag a bit when I'm using like Netflix or Crunchyroll. Um, it was just, not great at all, because I didn't have consistent internet. I did have Wi-Fi where I was, but it wasn't the best. Um, it just was just easier to just
0: pull up uh, an app I haven't used in a long time, Webtoon. Yeah. yeah. We talked about it in episode 4 with Crunchyroll, because they did a partnership, but we haven't mentioned anything since then. So, Will, what have you read on Webtoon? Yeah, so, one of the
1: live-action shows that I actually have watched and finished on Netflix is... Oh, uh, Squid Game. Uh, <laughs> like every other person on the planet. Yeah, the, you literally cannot turn on your phone or your laptop without seeing some Squid Game like post or someone talking
0: about how's good a good Squid Game I is I actually have not seen it. Everyone I know have seen it except for me. It's it's good. I prefer I, I, I'm I prefer saying, yeah I prefer Alice in Borderland to be fair. I, I don't think like it's a bad show just based off what people are saying. It's just more like I just want it I just don't really watch a lot of live-action stuff in general.
1: That, and also it's like when the whole world won't shut the fuck up about it. Oh, yeah, that too. You know, that's why it took me so long to watch Demon Slayer. It took me forever to even bother, like, looking
0: into Game of Thrones. And now Now, now it's permeated into Western culture in a sense that, like, it was like crazy rich Asians. It was like, oh, Asian... Asian stuff is popular again. Well,
1: this specifically now it's just it's Korean stuff specifically. That uh, is correct. Which I appreciate. Uh, it was a good show. But the show that I wanted to talk about actually is a different Korean show uh, called Sweet Home. Uh, so Sweet Home was a live adaptation of a you know manhwa on those on webtoon of the same name written by Carnby Kim. Now I'm not going to talk specifically about Sweet Home because it's good but i wanted to talk about a different webtoon that he had did he had done before sweet home which i actually thought was better the manhwa in question here is called bastard now bastard is bastard's really good it's almost like monster if anybody's ever read or watched that series in the sense that you have you know a a main character who is involved with a series of murders and they are trying to unfold the puzzle and solve the case except that in this particular instance the the murderer is actually right in front of you the whole time it's 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 a good show i mean it's it's a really good um, manhua and the way it's written as well, right? Like if anybody's ever used the app, or maybe not so much. The way when you scroll down, uh, up and down, right? So uh, it plays conv- out
0: a little more episodic. So conventional manga reads like as you would read a book, but re- in Asian style. So it is reading from right to left, right? Yeah. Rather than left to right in uh, Western books. Manhua webtoons, on the other hand, is specifically vertical. And it's specific, it's very well tuned towards reading it on your phone because all you do is just scroll, scroll, and that's it. And then you just read the next chapter and scroll and scroll and scroll. So, uh, to my knowledge, Bastard is finished and it finished a long, long time ago. Yeah. It finished, I think, five or six
1: years ago because that was around the time uh, when Carnby, uh, the, the creator of Bastard,
0: then moved on to creating Sweet Home. So, when I was getting into webtoons for a, a while, Bastard was always kind of like one considered one of their original classics kind of like always there so I it's just one of the most
1: popular ones definitely like even to this day when you look at most popular it's probably somewhere in the top 10 yeah for sure yeah I mean it's got other stuff there too like Tower of God it's got like... I mean I got a lot of recommendations too but yeah it's it's a very good platform and it was perfect, too, because, you know, with limited internet, it was just easy just to load some, th- some stuff up on Webtoon. The interface is really nice. You do end up having to pay to read some of the latter chapters, but if you haven't bought any of their coins, they use coins as uh, credit for the, for the platform. Uh, I think there's, like, a 40% discount on or, or, the first batch of coins.
0: And there's also, like, events and kind of giveaways and things yeah. like that. So
1: It's not an expensive platform if you know how to measure. Because you get free uh, episodes every day. Yes. So it's, it's you can watch it at your own time. It's just one of those like pay
0: as you read kind of things. Right. And if you with, want to read more, then go for it. And with the later, like the most latest like series that are on their front page, they're usually all free to read except for the latest three chapters. So technically, if you never pay, as long as you, you don't pay, you will just lag behind three or three episodes or three chapters, but you will get one every week for free. So. It's up to you if you want to uh, go further and pay, or just wait every week. Yeah. And- so to go a bit more into Bastard, it follows the main character.
1: His name is Jin Sun. Uh, so he's a you know meek, relatively weak, and kind of ostracized teenager. Doesn't have a lot of friends, if any friends actually. And he's got a very interesting, very sad relationship actually with his father. Um, and these are not spoilers at all because they're these are all done in the first like one to three. Episodes, they call episodes instead of chapters. Um, Jin-san's an accomplice in a murder. Essentially, he uses his uh, his trusty hammer. It's wrapped in a bandage, so it helps to soften the blow. If you were to hit by blunt force with an actual hammer, you would crack your skull and die. But because you've got layers of bandages wrapped up around, it helps to soften the blow. It's kind of like one of those things where people say, where it's like, you want to beat someone up. And no, like, leave no, don't, don't,
0: don't finish that sentence. I know what you're going to
1: say. Yeah, uh, Google that. Uh, you'll figure. No, it out don't Google that, please. Fine. Just don't do any of that. Bing it. Then <laughs> uh, turns out that he's essentially uh, helping his father uh, to commit a series of very terrible murders uh, that have been tracked all over Korea. But no one seems to find out or, or figure out who is committing these murders and why. Um, and it's also because of the fact that the father, uh, Dong Soo Kim, I think. No, Dong Soo Son. Uh, he is one of the richest men. In Korea. It's almost triple status where he runs like a large conglomerate has lots of underlings around him and because he has such a good media presence and good relationships with people he ends up just you know being able to, to get by and not be suspected. Uh, but then things start kind of unraveling within Jin's mind because he needs to sort of figure out why am I doing this? Is this actually normal? And then he starts interacting with more people from his school and then he starts figuring out maybe murdering people or helping someone murder people is not the right thing to do. And you spend like a whole 94, 95 episodes trying to essentially catch his father because it's, it's, it's different from, it's kind of like similar to monster because you kind of know who the monster is and you're perpetually chasing and chasing and getting close and then falling five six behind. So cat and mouse mind games. Kind exactly. Of. Okay. It's, it's very, very good. It's available on Webtoon as mentioned. Take your time reading it. You don't have to pay for coins to, to read it or you really want to just binge it. I think it's like, what, like six US dollars for like a hundred coins, which can be used to buy more and more chapters. It's a it's a, it's a very good use of your time, especially if you have no internet. <laughs> you have no internet and you only have your Wi-Fi
0: data. I mean, your 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 phone data. Go ahead and just, Binge that shit. All right. So that is Bastard on the Webtoon app. And uh, Will heavily endorses it. I heard lots of good things. I don't know when I'll get around to it, just like pretty much everything else. Yeah.
1: yeah. Actually, I think Carnby, um, the creator, is because uh, Sweet Home finished last year, uh, he's starting to work on a new property called Shotgun Boy. So that's the next property that he's been working on. I haven't gotten around to reading that yet, but very likely if I get back to the Webtoon platform, we'll be reading that next.
0: All right, so I actually read a manga series as well, and uh, you, I've been... You were, uh, you, you were tuned to Torn. You're saying yeah. this is
1: possibly the greatest manga series of all time. I wouldn't say...
0: Yeah, I take that back a bit. I wouldn't say it's the greatest manga of all time. I would say it is one of the greatest mangas of all time. It's the greatest manga of all time. It yeah. could be anything, right? It could be anything. Uh, this, it's, it's One Piece. This is... No, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not One Piece, Will. Um, it is on Mal ranked fifteen it has an anime adaptation and it is kaguya sama love is war uh i recommended this in our after dark one in terms of series to watch and uh it's really good uh i thoroughly enjoyed the anime so i was like one of these days i was like hey why don't i just read the manga actually one of the news stories initiated that kind of thought in me which we'll get into and uh I have to say the manga is super good. Kind of reliving the anime moments. I thought it would be less funny because there is no voice, no expressions other than the images that you see and the words that are there. But it's actually pretty good. And uh, it's really, really funny. Uh, I just It's really good. I mean, the manga is like, higher
1: rated than the anime, right? As, as most cases, usually like the source is the higher rated one. And then you have I, the other ones which are kind of close. I mean, it's ranked 15, dude. Yeah, like eight point nine three, twenty four popularity.
0: Yep, dude,
1: it's it's, it's pretty S tier. It's it's it, it doesn't get anywhere S tier than that, except for the fifty, the fourteen other manga that are
0: above. Yeah, in. and I thought you know it's like oh it's 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 good, but whatever. And then I read it and I was like, nah, man, it's actually pretty good. I mean, it, it's holding like, itself in like really really good company. I
1: mean, outside of like them being in fifteenth, you've got stuff like Vagabond, Berserk, JoJo, uh, One Piece. Slam Dunk, Vinland Saga, 20th Century Boys, uh the first season of the Monogatari series and uh, for some reason Grand Blue.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. But hey, so Kaguya-sama Love is War, I think season 3 was announced a while ago and uh I I can't wait to see what comes next, which actually I'll know cuz I'll read the manga by then. So, hey, it's really good, you should check it out. Uh it's uh, I think there is an English version. Uh, by Kodansha? Shit, I can't remember. Uh, But, yeah, you can... Or is it Viz Media? Fuck, I don't remember. Shit, I can just check on my phone. Okay, which goes into our first news story, which is Kaguya-sama is entering the last arc. So it's finishing up. So that's kind of the news story that kind of be like, hey, maybe it's a good time to check it out. The anime third season is probably going to come out sometime next year or the... Actually, probably next no, year. No date's been confirmed. For no yet. date's been confirmed, but th- that's a guess. So that's the quick news story about Kaguya-sama Love is War. It's been running for like, over six
1: years, which is a it's a pretty yeah. Good it's run. Like 2015. I, I mean, think. six years, and you've got yourself into like the top fifteen on my anime list.
0: Yeah, it's very very good. Um, you should read it. Well, yeah, or sure. watch
1: it at least. I probably will at some point.
0: All right, read hope- it, not watch it. It is Viz Media. Yep. So uh, the English translations are on Viz Media. Yep. Sorry, cadenza, but you can't have it. Okay. Well, when it comes to natural disasters... I'm, I'm living through one right now. Exactly, right? Do you wish that you learned stuff such that you're prepared to face certain dangers or adversarial forces outside of your control?
1: I, I feel like a lot of times whenever you're... Learning stuff through entertainment media like movies, comic books, and all that, it tends to not really be all that useful. Like for example, like all the people that feel like, oh, you know what? If I jump off a building with an umbrella, as Penguin did from the DC comics, I will land safely. Nope, a lot of people get hurt, or even worse. So, I I I tend to not take knowledge from those kinds of quote unquote informative sources. But uh, I, I mean, what I, did someone learn something from? I don't know, from a manga or from an anime. So, Will, do you like, f- do you like firefighters? I thought for, for a minute. Years, like, do I like fire? I'm like, do no. you like, do you like firefighters? No. Do you like fire force? I have not watched a single. Actually, no. I did watch a little bit of it because they have previews on, um, on Mal. But like, I know it's different productions, but I didn't really care
0: to check it out. Okay, Well I think you've watched it though.: Yeah, I did. I thought it was OK. Um, however, an 18-year-old Japanese boy was honored by the Kagoshima City Central Fire Department on September 29th after he reported and helped limit the spread of a house fire. The teen, who I'll name, Oga Kawazu, uh, has been credited for his calm composure and quick thinking, thanks to anime. He didn't name-drop Fire Force, but if you work your way backwards, that kind of is the only one. And I think there is, like, an etchy one with firefighters, but I think that it has to be Fire Force. I mean, 18-year-old Shonen, it's got to be Fire Force.
1: Yeah, um, and also shout-out to Kagoshima. Kagoshima is a really wonderful city in the south of Kyushu. Uh, If travel is normal, if you're already in Japan, go check that place out. So...
0: This dude just used his knowledge of fire from Fire Force, uh apparently, or whatever this anime in question is, and uh, used it to save people's lives. So whenever people say anime and manga don't save people's lives, you just prop up this news story and say, in your face, motherfuckers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That being said, whenever you're faced with any adversarial situations, natural disasters the best thing is just of course to you know seek safety and call for help um don't always go for the the hero route and try
0: and save lives um, i mean i think but if the situation calls for it i think Why in situations not? like this this is kind of the anomaly right there's going to be plenty like 99 of situations where it wouldn't pan out or you shouldn't Go out and be the hero, even if you do know what to do, because you don't have the capa- the physical capabilities to, to to do that maneuver or whatever, right? Yeah. So
1: that and also it's like if someone was, was to see like a fire, you like the first thought sometimes would be like, oh, throw water on it, but it could be like a gas fire, it could be an electric fire. So you, it, it, when, whenever you are faced with these kind of situations, it does mean that you need to be quick on your feet. And sometimes when you think you're doing the right thing, it turns out to actually exacerbate the situation. Um, yeah do not ne- do not throw water on an electric fire or a gas fire
0: but it seems that uh, going to our next news story which studio is throwing money away because they reported a loss of 501 million yen which is around 4.5 million US dollars during the last fiscal year which is to be fair it's
1: it's not huge money for a large studio like if you break that down it's about four and a half million us which okay. It's still money. It's still a lot of money. But
0: I think like, we need to sort of do a deeper dive into what led to these losses. Right? I mean, it's kind of hard because they are not going to tell you and no, everyone is going to speculate. But what I can tell you is that Wit Studio is currently working on these following projects, which is The Girl on the Other Side, which is a Kickstarter. And then it got funded like several times over, including us kickstarting it. There's Grimm which is that Netflix show about the grim Fairy Tales with collaboration with Clamp that is coming soon at some time. A series called Moonrise, which I don't really know too much about. Vampire in the Garden, which I think is that Crunchyroll exclusive. And then uh, this season, they have something called uh, Osama Ranking, also known as King Ranking. So I kind of, I don't know about Moonrise because I didn't check it out, but I saw some images of all the others, or trailers, or... And they're kind of not very... How do I say this, Will? Like, uh, mainstream entertainment. I think they are very gorgeous, for sure. Especially Girl on the Other Side. But I wouldn't say Girl on the Other Side, even though it is an exceptional manga, is very uh, accessible to the average uh, manga reader, in this case.
1: Yeah. Well, to be fair, it wasn't like they weren't doing anything, like... Not substantial. I mean, like prior to this news break, and also what happened with her, they uh, moved Attack on Titan to to Mappa. Uh, they also had worked on Villain Saga, yeah, uh, which is huge. Uh, mm-hmm. They also worked on uh, Vivi, yes, right. Uh, and uh, what was it? oh yeah, Great Pretender. Yep, right. So three really popular shows, but you know, and then you followed up with five others that probably don't seem all that stellar in their portfolio, who knows? Most of the time, whenever it comes to like, animation works, it's not like they're going to be profitable right from the get-go, but you ideally want to be working on some big-name stuff, stuff that like keeps your portfolio rich.
0: Whereas, I mean, you know... it's kind of hard when it comes to deciding on what projects to do because at least from Will and I are not professionals or like studio execs. But the way that I would like to think about it is you would like to have a good mixture of Popular shows that cater to what, quote-unquote, the masses, and then have certain critically acclaimed shows that cater to people that uh, will give you accolades and awards and kind of have the best of both worlds. Now, there are certain shows that both of these things are combined, in which case, then good for you. You found Demon Slayer. But, hey— or you found Violet Evergarden, but not or, everyone can or, find or, it. Or
1: you're Mappa and you're basically doing everything under the sun. Yeah. That's well. I think that's pretty much it, right? With Mappa now doing like they did it, uh they did it eat a Ten, they did it Remain, they did it, uh, they're about to be
0: doing Chainsaw Man. And that is a very good segue, Will, because Chainsaw Man, the manga, has won the best manga award at the Harvey Awards. Yes. Very, very good. About so, that. very, very good. News. A bit of context: the Harvey Awards is essentially the Academy Awards for comics in the West. It's a big deal, basically, to win a Harvey Award, because that's kind. Of, I I don't really know much. Uh, is it Eisner Eisner? That's the other one. Uh, the point yeah, the is about Eisner. Yeah, Eisner. Esner. Yeah, the Harvey Awards is a very prestigious award in the median of, um. Comics and manga and Chainsaw Man want it. So if there is another thing to add to the hype train that is Chainsaw Man, here it is. So if it's can't, if it can't be anticipated highly enough by both of us, Will and I, here is another indication that you should be anticipating it too.
1: Yeah, and, and you can read
0: it too. Yeah. To
1: be fair, like the the, the specific category for best manga only came out in 2018. But prior to that, they also had like best comic from foreign media and all that. So they, for those, they had, I think they had like, Attack on Titan. Um, they had One Punch Man. Uh, but then, since 2018, that's when they officially created the best manga category. Um, do you remember what the first one? I don't know. Uh, my Lesbian Experience. That was the first oh, manga. Oh, yeah. My
0: Solo Lesbian Experience. That's a
1: really good. Yeah. My, oh. my <laughs> Lesbian Experience with Loneliness. That was the first Property uh, when the
0: uh, Harvey Awards announced that they were going to be doing a manga category. So I read that manga ages ago, and it is not what you think, even though the title is exactly what it's, it's it not takes a very place. long. Manga series? No, right? no, no. It's only one volume, but it's it's really hardcore in terms of like mental anguish, mental like overcoming certain things, and is actually a very powerful and touching story. And even if you're not into Yuri, actually, there is not like that much. There's not even like it's not even, it's not one of those. It's actually, uh, it's almost like
1: the lesbian part is kind of like a red herring. It's right?
0: an autobiographical uh, story of the author. And it's t- Nagata. It talks about her kind of journey in trying to be an actual person because she kind of has a lot of issues.
1: That she has to deal with. Yeah. So if you get your hands on it, check it out. Um, the manga that won 2019 was My Hero Academia, right? And then the the one that came out the one last year, I actually haven't heard of before. Um, Which Atelier? Atelier? Yeah, I I have it. Have you read it? It's really good. It was it okay? Well, that's those are the three that one preceding this year's. It's like ranked super high. And now you got Chainsaw Man, who's I guess in good company now.
0: Yeah. So there you go. If
1: You haven't read Chainsaw Man yet. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> well, not
0: everybody likes
1: to read manga, will. No, but this this is one exception. Is it's just one of those things where
0: it's like you have to have read. Uh, I don't know, man. Just 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 pick up a, just pick up a book and read it. But everyone has watched certain anime series. At least I would like to think. If so. not,
1: just wait until the
0: anime comes out, then. Right, which is not that far from now, actually. So, will. You like Samurai Champloo a lot. I like Cowboy Bebop a lot. I think we both like each other's respective all-time favorite a lot. Yeah. But I am a more Cowboy Bebop, and you are more Champloo. Which That's just the way it is. So there was a live-action movie, I think, announced by— Is it a movie or a TV series? Series. series announced by Netflix. There was a photo showing Spike and the crew which I thought was uh, okay. But something cool came up from that, which is the original Cowboy Bebop cast will reprise their roles for the Japanese dub of the live-action series. And they also announced that Cowboy Bebop, the original anime series, will be coming to Netflix worldwide on October 21st. So I think that like the Japanese dub thing was a pretty cool gesture. I mean, it's it's a no-brainer, but it's still pretty cool that they managed to get everyone. So that's cool. And the fact that we can watch Cowboy Bebop pretty soon, actually, is
1: great. Yeah, I mean, like, both bits of news are really good in helping to further the name Cowboy Bebop as if it wasn't already a big property, right? To be able to get, like, the original Spike, the original Faye Valentine, getting everyone to do the original dub, the, the, the Japanese dub for the live action, and then at the same time, you know, broadcast the original series on netflix in about a, in about a week at least at least a week from when we released
0: this episode or maybe the
1: same week um same it's, week it's just it's just good it's just good news
0: yeah the corgi though is uh very important though it's the most important thing the most in, important that, in that thing. photo yeah yeah and then we all have to end on some unfortunate news oh this is terrible this is so sad uh, no, it's not... So, I to mean, all the I, anime
1: fans out there. We, yeah, the, we, the we, cultured
0: anime yes, fans this out this there. This is for the culture, okay? So, Worlds and Harem is an anime that is supposed <laughs> to premiere this season. Will and I were supposed to watch it. In the confines of our own homes. And uh, it is based on the manga of the same name. I will just tell you what's it about. Which is, it sets in an alternate future... Where, surprise, surprise, there is... What's the virus called, Will? I want you to say it. It's the the man-killing virus. <laughs> and then what does it do, Will? it? It. I think it's a virus that kills men. Yeah, exactly, which is really? what... Really? Did I get it right? Yes, which is what happens. And then there are only very few men left. And the main character is... Uh, got... Awoken from cryogenic sleep, which is like, what the fuck? Okay. And then get thrusted into this world where basically there's no men and all women. And he is tasked with having to repopulate and save the earth. No, save human society, basically. But the dude is like, nah, fuck that. I'm trying to look for my long lost girlfriend and have sex with her first or whatever. And then... So starts the journey, and then there's, like, this, like, woman who is, like, her, like, his handler, I guess. And she says, yeah, okay, I'll give you one month to find her. If not, then you need to, you know, repopulate the earth. But for one month, while you're trying to search for your girlfriend, every time you arrive back at your your abode, there will be uh women there to like tempt you and uh, good luck. It also focuses a little bit on other dudes that survive as well. So it's not like why the last man, when it comes to um, the the Western comic book series, it's not related, not way related. Why the last man is probably way better. No, it, it is way better. It is way better. That's world end harm. It's but a, it's a sad day. But the reason why Will is weeping in the corner is because It has been delayed till January, episode two and beyond. But Will and I couldn't find episode one, so I'm just going to assume. They just took the whole thing down. They just took the whole thing down. So this is basically an interspecies reviewer situation. So that's what every single person, including Will and I, have postulated, which is the reason why this was delayed is because it probably was too uh, spicy for viewing. And they're worried. That there would be licensing issues and things being taken down, lawsuits maybe or whatever, and it's just not worth it in that sense, I guess. Yeah. So
1: if it got to the point where they're not able to broadcast it on TV or any like streaming services, uh, they would have to go like direct direct to Blu-ray, and a lot of their revenue is then gone. Yeah. It's it's, it's like, of of course physical media helps to boost that revenue, but. It's not likely that people are going to be, like, buying Blu-rays, all that. But the thing is, with this bit of news, it might actually,
0: you know, pump up sales. Right. I mean, we saw what happened with redo We do redo a healer. Healer. exactly. Or usually what happens is you watch the anime during its broadcast time, and then you're like, oh, I, I should own the Blu-ray. But in this case, you can't, but in, it may not be a bad thing. We'll have to see how it goes. And yeah. it's still technically delayed till only january so it's not it's only just next anime season yeah
1: i don't think that so so i think last month i think in september they actually uh streamed it live on youtube for like two days and then afterwards it got taken down Um, oh is that why like on mal they have people who have watched it exactly i think it was like september 25th 26th that was live on their youtube channel um for like 24 hours and then that's the last we heard of it kind of like the sunny boy exactly like that um so who knows yeah maybe they're using the next three months to sort of
0: you know clean it up so it's more etchy and less hentai okay to be fair i read the first volume that's why i know all this stuff um it is not hentai but they there is it it, it gets the point where it's almost almost okay so let's have this discussion which is we actually did have this discussion i think and this is my personal opinion that worlds and harem tries to have the best of both worlds as in We want for it to be allowed into the mainstream audience. So we have to have some sort of etchiness stuff. But we cannot go straight to hentai because we cannot show sexual intercourse or human genitalia. So, eh. So, here's the thing, right? So, does it have, like, a
1: really like substantial plot does it have okay so it's okay wait there's plot in quotes but it's not like interspecies reviewer kind of plot where there's like an actual shtick where people go back to it right so
0: with interspecies reviewer as the name implies they review people of varying species at least there there's like a hook but with the plot a a, a good comedic hook as well yeah as as well and then but worlds and harem is kind of just trash I mean, everyone knows it. You know it. I know it. And based on the plot synopsis, if you've never heard of it, you hear the plot synopsis, you're like, oh, dude, it's just trash. And it is. But they don't want to be trashy enough so that it is 18 plus like a hentai. But they want it to be trashy enough that people will kind of – who are into that kind of like softcore stuff basically, right? It's basically softcore, right? Now, is it dirty and debaucherous and just dastardly like – redo of healer i mean some no but also some of the guys are kind of assholes as you might expect but it's not like redo where it's just complete like drivel just fucking this, this okay is like redo the worst. of healer is like an actual bad person worlds and harem is just a person that just has that doesn't know what he or she wants so that, that basically like runs off of what you said earlier where it's it's like it's in the middle it's yeah. not this nor that but i think that if they were to commit one way or the other they would have been a more successful ip again i'm not sure but that's my opinion trying to be a little bit more wholesome i guess there was no wholesomeness in worlds and harem
1: but i mean at the same time it's also like it's not completely delinquent like
0: yeah I get, healer. it's yeah. not like
1: funny etchy, like interspecies it's just kind of its own thing and i guess we have to wait for three months to see what they come up with but i don't know man I think like it's going to be at that point where you generate enough attention through its delay that you get people interested enough to buy the Blu-rays. But based on what you described so far, I, I don't really
0: see why would whatsoever. you buy the Blu-rays on like a whim, right? With with streaming or with broadcast, you have like a quote unquote safe option of viewing it and then deciding to buy the Blu-ray rather than committing it. And technically, will they're just delaying it till January? Well, who knows? Maybe people who are the fans of the manga would probably
1: buy the blu-ray i don't know i mean I
0: know. It,
1: it, again like it, it, you i i do see your point where you do at least want to sample uh what you uh, before you buy i mean that's just
0: a general rule yeah. of anything
1: yeah but at the same time it's also i mean it's just it's edgy shit people people like that kind of stuff so why not just you know jump the gun and just buy it i don't know is it has have they announced anything about blu-ray sales like being able
0: to buy physical media of nope it? yeah so okay who knows what they're doing then so that is the end of our news section. That actually went longer than I thought. But hey. Um, you know, we're trying to generate some wholesome discussion about, you know, a guy who's, uh,
1: whose fellow brethren have been killed off by a man killing virus and now has to repopulate the, uh,
0: the, the no, earth. No, no, no. It's wholesome because there is an 18 year old person that read or not watched a firefighter anime and saved people's lives. It'd be really funny if it was the, the nope. Hentai one and nope. not this one. No, nope. I don't even want to
1: go there, bro. Hey, it was it was a undisclosed anime series. We don't know what it is, hey, right? Hey, uh,
0: GAP listeners, you you go find that out and get
1: back to me when you can get some I'd, sort I'd of confirmation. I think it would be for more wholesome content if we found that someone you know, learned something from Hentai to actually save the world. That also would
0: be a really wonderful light
1: novel title. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. Oh my god! Okay, all right. Okay, we're, we're gonna leave it off of there. Okay, so uh, after the break, we're gonna go straight into fall seasonal premieres, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Catch you on the flip side. Bye.
1: Second half of today's episode of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. As a reminder, this is episode 19. I hope you all had the time to go and order your pumpkin spice lattes or pumpkin spice, whatever you order. Um, Yeah, as always, still me, still Will, as always as well. Got Jason next to me, too. How are you doing, bud? Sup. So. Yeah, we, 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 we went over some news, went over some stuff we've been reading, um, but we didn't really talk too much about stuff we've been watching. And the main reason for that is because we've been dedicating our watch times to today's main discussion,
0: which is false 2021 seasonal premieres. Yeah, so there was a lot of premieres, and it, it's, it's been an interesting bag of shows. Right. So f- originally, that summer 2021 uh, premieres and a news roundup that we did a while ago, we originally weren't going to like make this a regular thing. But then we decided we should make this a regular thing in terms of every season have a seasonal premiere. So at least uh, one podcast season will have two anime seasons. So all you GAP listeners will be able to hear our thoughts on at least the premieres of Every anime season, hopefully, yeah, going it's, forward. It,
1: it's nice to always hear about the stuff that we've been watching in our backlogs or just shows that we've been wanting to introduce to, to, to the fans. But to I listeners. need
0: instant gratification. Exactly. I need to know that the in thing now will. Yeah,
1: sometimes you just don't want to binge an old series. Sometimes you don't want to look at something that, like, oh, I know this is good, but I'll probably watch it later. I want to watch something that is airing right now, right at this time. You want that water cooler moment. So, exactly, right? People are talking about, oh, you have been watching this, this, and this? Or have you been keeping up with that? And then, you know, you're sitting there wondering, oh, well, I actually haven't been really watching anything recently because I don't know what's good to check out this season. So, what better than to use us
0: as a resource to check out the fall season premieres? And what better way to have another opportunity to have another side bet between Will and I? So... Right. Before,
1: before going into that, uh, so Fall 2021 will be the last of the quote-unquote calendar year of uh, anime releases. That's and correct. The next one will be Winter 2022, which yes. uh, should start beginning airing around December, January. So um, we'll be waiting to do that episode in the future. But for now, Fall 2021. So back to
0: Jason. Uh, you mentioned there's a side bet going on for the GAP boys. Yeah, so... Basically, we are having a side bet on the amount of shows that will be rated 8.0 or above on my anime list this yeah. season. Yeah. So every
1: season, we, we we always look into each anime season and just see, well, wow, there's actually like barely any shows this season. Or, whoa, look at this one. This season had a lot of like eights and nines and stuff like that. Um, I mean, whenever you have stuff that's dropping like. Attack on Titan or Demon Slayer or Fruits Basket Final Season, it does skew the trend, right? It does skew the numbers and the stats. Um, So one thing we wanted to do was to, I guess, actually I suggested and then Jason refined. We were going to preliminarily guess how many 8.00 shows there are
0: for fall 2021. And to our stipulation was we had to make this decision in terms of the amount of shows before any of these fall seasonal shows were to premiere, yeah. we would also, also yeah. not include OVAs, movies, and specials, or the stuff that's like under Mal TV continuing. These are the new things that are preparing that are
1: premiering this season. Oh no!
0: Oh yeah! 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 Yeah. So, yeah! As in, but that's not to say sequels are not included. That is to say, sometimes certain animes have two curves, so like twenty-four episodes, for example. And they will extend to two anime seasons, so those don't count. Yeah, and there's also stuff like, for example, like if you look at TV continuing, there's One
1: Piece and uh, Detective Conan, which have been running for years and years and years. So we're not including that into
0: this this bet. We are also for this season bet in particular, we are not including Demon Slayer Mugen Train TV arc. Yep, but we I did watch it, so we will talk about it, but it doesn't count for us because towards this bet because we kind of have the movie to sort of gauge sort of the reception of. So, it's also not a sequel either, right? It's just a re-rendering, a re-
1: a retelling of the story. Well, not even retelling. It's just literally the same thing but just episodic uh, form.
0: Uh, except the first episode is new and they have added new stuff throughout the episodes. Yeah. But then the subsequent 6 episodes that do come out, there's
1: new stuff though. Yeah. But but m- most of it is the same thing. Yes. So, as Jason mentioned, we all had to essentially place our bets before we even started the season because, you know, when you have data, when you have numbers, it can actually, you know, skew uh, our, our bets too, right? So, And
0: since Will and I both love sports, we kind of are into number crunching quite a bit.
1: Yeah, we, actually, we spent a lot of time just yeah, crunching it's numbers. Just so yeah, this is so stupid. So stupid. We may talk
0: about that later on, but today
1: we're going to be d- detailing what the bets are. So... Jason, what was your – you bet how many episodes? How I many bet series? that there will be
0: five anime series that will be eight or above on my anime list. And I bet seven. Which just so happens that six is in the middle. So there is – it just so happens that in this bet, if it falls on six, we both win and lose at the same time. Yep. So it, so anything it, below five, I win. Anything above seven, Will
1: wins. Yep. At the very at, – at, at the time of recording, currently, if you take out – that's continuing the OBAs and also the Demon Slayer uh, episodic form of the movie. There are currently five shows that are holding an 8.00 and above. We will go into the names of those shows later on. Uh, so at the moment, Jason's looking like he's pretty healthy, but there are still a few more things that are coming out and you never know, right? At the end, when, when do we say we, we would uh, tabulate the scores? Like I think right before the end of
0: uh, the JP season, I think right? the good, a good idea would be to do it at our next seasonal premiere. Cool. Because that would be technically when we would have watched the next anime season, and it would give a bit of a buffer for anime seasons that have an extra episode or two. So I think that that's a good idea. What do you think? Yeah, sure. Do We also want to disclose um, what the... What the? I mean, yeah, of course. The
1: punishments, I guess, are. Yeah. The so bots, what is the what Batsu is, game? What's the Batsu game? Right, so... Depending on who wins, who loses, and whatnot, or if it's a draw, then both of us will have to deal with the punishment. We have to read a certain manga series that either one of us picked. Now, we could have done anime, but to be fair, it's like most of the anime we were going to introduce to each other, we've talked about in the show, in, in, in previous episodes. And it's stuff It's like you kind of already know to check it out, uh, but... Manga, we don't talk too much about it, so it's always nice to remix it a bit and highlight some manga that you know both of us really like and
0: want to showcase. And the punishments for the future seasonal bets can be whatever; it doesn't have to be a manga series. It could be an anime. It could be both. You know, we'll we'll figure out the punishment. So quote unquote, when uh, when the time comes, right? But this one is, I have to read Fire Punch, which is made uh, written by the same manga who did Chainsaw Man. And Will has to read Tsude Dure Children, which also has an anime adaptation a while ago. Now, we've been meeting to
1: finish off these respective manga series for the longest time. It's kind of one of those things where we just have a ever-increasing backlog, and you know things get pushed by the wayside. So this is actually a really good opportunity for us to actually clean up not just the anime backlog, but also the manga backlog, too.
0: All right, well, do we actually want to get into... The nitty-gritty numbers, or do you think we should just go straight into the fall right. seasonal you, premieres? You, you know I like numbers. We can just brush past them, but it'd be nice to just at least lay a little bit of a precursor on what people should be expecting. Okay, uh, so another source that we get a lot of these uh, receptions of the anime community is through Reddit, which comes to no surprise to a lot of people. They have a weekly infographic where they do karma analysis, karma being their currency to gauge sort of how popular a news story or certain uh, post is, which usually is episode discussions. Yep. The r slash anime weekly karma ranking and episode uh, poll. So that's the the subreddit on uh, Reddit. And they have week one published. I don't think they have week two published because they usually collect everything on a Thursday. But it's interesting because anime is like Blue Period, which after the week one has premiered on Netflix – uh, they are not included in this infographic so it should appear for next se- uh, s- next week uh the top two animes were given which is no jobless reincarnation with eight two zero one karma and uh 86 season two with six nine eight five so To be fair like you you mentioned right no surprise whatsoever number three. Yeah, number three and number four, I think, are worth mentioning, which is, number three is Tacked Op Destiny, which is an anime original by MAPPA, which Will and I both watched. And actually now, because of the amount of karma it got, it now holds the record in history, anime, uh, Reddit anime history, for the highest first episode karma for an anime original. So that's pretty interesting. I mean, the show itself is also pretty interesting. Definitely. Uh, number four. Number four I'm very happy about, but I'm also very surprised, is uh, Miruko-chan, which is the Slice of Life horror show. And uh, both uh, tact-opt Destiny is 4384, and Miruko-chan is 4339. Like, pretty is Im- much neck and neck. Yeah, which is important because fifth place is 2832 with... Um, Assassin's Isekai, I think it's called. The world's finest assassin gets reincarnated in
1: another world as an aristocrat.
0: There you go. So there was a huge drop off after fourth place.
1: Yeah, I think like afterwards it like get down to triple digits, right? Like you have like um, Baruto, which is a nine three seven, which is also crazy. The Great Jahi, which is eight eight seven, and so on and so forth.
0: Right. All right, and then. Originally, we also looked at the distribution of scores on my anime list. And it is interesting to note that on the surface, I thought that this season was pretty weak. And if you just look at it, you know, superficially, it kind of looks that way. I mean, we started the year with a bunch of heavy hitters like Jujutsu Kaisen. We uh, we, uh, we have Attack on Titan, Horimiya. All those have—and uh, Fruits Basket— all those have destroyed the charts when it comes to having being highly rated. But Will and I crunched the numbers, and essentially, we found out that the distribution of scores are actually roughly the same. And uh, I won't get into the percentages of that because that's just that's too much at that point for I think our listeners. But needless to say that the distribution, which is the expectations of shows that are above an eight, between a seven and a 7.99, and so on and so forth, are within normal ranges of what you would have in any anime season. Yeah, roughly
1: half of each season has shows that are 7, 8, and above. And then the rest, there's going to be some trash, like actual trash, but yeah,
0: the numbers don't lie. And also, we have watched some trash too. And we are here to tell you all about it. So let's start with a non-trash anime. Yeah, that's that's
1: not like sully <laughs> any of uh, the anime season that quickly. That's to go into something that is actually actually
0: really good. So there is a manga that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy and adore called Blue Period. I gave the manga a 10 out of 10.
1: It's getting some serious endorsements on uh, my anime list as well. because I think uh, concurrently it's running a competition on, on, on my anime list. Yeah,
0: and... Uh, On my anime list, it is ranked 46, and popularity is 172 for the manga. So that is... That just tells you that this manga is really good already. I really like it. And they have an anime adaptation, uh, and I announced it a while ago on the podcast, and I'm very happy about it. So it's... The English manga adaptation was done by Kodansha Comics, and uh, is produced by Studio 7Arcs. Now, it is currently tied in kind of Netflix jail. What it is is I think the Japanese broadcast is first, then is the worldwide Netflix release the week after and then is Netflix Japan, which is kind of weird. So basically it there it's gets it staggers basically. So I think there are three episodes out in Japan broadcast. But on Netflix, there's currently one, and then the second episode will be broadcasting in like over the weekend.
1: Yeah. So, like, streaming uh, kind of muddles up the release cycle. I mean, like, you have to adhere to like regular TV broadcast, you have to wear, uh, uh, adhere to the local streaming and then worldwide streaming. So, there's like three or four different uh, release
0: dates um, for, uh, for the show. So, Blue Period is about a second year high school student called Yotora Yaguchi. And this is a guy that's kind of a delinquent a little bit with his gang of bros. They kind of do stupid shit, kind of a ruffians. But he kind of has this thing that he feels is lacking in him. That he feels like he's just going through the motions. And he is a very smart person. He gets high grades, but he feels like he's just doing it with no passion, with no heart. That is until he has a run-in with the art club at his high school and sees a uh, picture—well, an art art installation, and starts to fall in love with art, and then decides to go and apply to art school. But not just any art school because he cannot afford private tuition, but the Public Art School Tokyo Art Institute, which is known as TUA, T-U-A, and this is true, it is widely known to be the hardest university to get into, public university to get into, even harder than University of Tokyo, which is deemed to be the Harvard of universities in Japan. Yeah, so Todai is no joke. Yeah, it is super... I think the acceptance rate is like, I think one out of 200 applicants, I think. Something like Extremely that. Extremely tough.
1: Uh, but I, I mean, it, it holds reputation pretty well too, so... Exactly. That's exactly why. And
0: it talks about... Uh, the main character going through these, learning how to draw, learning how to do art composition, and at the same time educate the reader, manga reader, and in the anime, the viewers, on how art is composed, why certain things are used, why certain things are not used, and stuff like that. I think this show, unfortunately, is not as good as the manga. I know that is not earth-shattering to say, but I think the art and the look of it being an, Anime about art. It does look kind of sharp, but it also doesn't look as fluid as I thought it would be. Not like Mappa quality level, but very respectable. I think the characters are really good and very very well portrayed, especially Yuka, also known as Ryuji. This character is rather interesting because he is essentially a crossdresser, and dresses up in female high school uniform and wants to be referred to as Yuka and as a she rather than a he. And they actually go into that in the manga quite heavily. And I think maybe episode two or three they will start touching on that as well. And she is important because she is kind of the catalyst that took the male main character into the world of art. I also think that the art teacher, Masako seki she is really cool because the way that her she's voiced and the way that she educates the main characters and all the members of the art club is very uh is done very well and voiced very very well there is a very very touching moment there should be a very touching moment soon that it should be episode two or three that um in the manga was very, very touching. And I'm looking forward to seeing that being adapted. Yeah. I thought it was okay. I, I liked it, but I also agree that do you think maybe
1: it's just because of the fact that despite being the original creator, that of course seven arcs is the one that's produced in the show. Therefore they have their own art directors they have their own uh, people who do the animation. Maybe that's why the art, this the look of it isn't
0: as good as the original source. I would say, by good, the manga looks actually more rough around the edges, but it is an artistic choice rather than it looking inexperienced. And with the with the anime adaptation, it looks very clean. Very refined. Yeah. Very refined, which, funny enough, kind of not gives it that almost artistic edge that the manga has. Now, of course, I, he- I heavily endorse the manga. You should read it. But if you don't, the anime is pretty good too. I think... I would give it an eight out of ten. It is not a, it's not a great adaptation, but it is a fine adaptation. Is what I say. It could be worse, I guess. So, yeah, that is my opinion on Blue Period. Will, what is your take on Blue Period? I,
1: so I haven't read the manga. So right. Going into it, uh, I didn't really know what to expect outside of maybe expecting some, some pretty cool art. Uh, maybe just, you know, a journey of exploration and learning more about oneself through this artistic medium. Um, I mean, it opens up with, you know, the main character and his buddies watching a soccer game. I was just yep. like, this, this, is, is, is this... Am I watching the right thing? This is yeah. this is supposed to be Blue Lock and, and that the, Blue
0: Period. Yeah, and then they and then they have a new ramen, and then they puke on the streets. In, yeah. like 3 a.m. in the morning. But yeah.
1: that like really like accentuates
0: the delinquency uh, of uh, him. And, and he has his a reputation friends. for being a delinquent, a smart delinquent, but an accomplished one. But yeah, so I think Blue Period is worth checking out nonetheless. You should definitely though check out the manga if you want to. All right, well, what you got next? So, unfortunately, the show that I want
1: to talk about next is, is not a great show. Uh, I I came into this thinking that you know based on the name it could be pretty cool. It was very obscure. The preview was interesting. I mean, it didn't show all that much, but it left a lot to imagination. And I was hoping that when watching it, it would be a, a pretty uh, pretty nifty, maybe sort of art y kind of show. Now it was it turned out to be very bland and occasionally badly animated. I'm talking, of course, about Deep Insanity, The Lost Child. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: That is an anime original.
1: And unfortunately, it's not a good original.
0: It's produced by Silverlink, which
1: is, I wouldn't say a top-tier they're anime. They're a good studio. They're, but
0: they're still very respectable.
1: I couldn't see that kind of work, though, through this uh, through the series, because the 3D man the 3D monsters they have in the show are very similar if maybe oh, not as bad but still bad as like the golden kamui 3D
0: bears so deep Insanity of the lost child to my knowledge because i didn't watch it is a space sci-fi kind of show right yeah but the thing is like the, the plot is just kind of like whatever the All character right, design is not wonderful okay, the me, voice let,
1: acting is uh eh.
0: let me let me guess so there does the title actually tell you about the plot? Nothing.
1: Okay. Fuck. Not at all. Uh, okay. Nobody's insane yet. I I figured that when the there's, yeah, there's no Lula. lost child. No. I, again, it's only episode one, so maybe more stuff unfolds. But at this at this very moment, I I'm not sold. I think I'm probably gonna drop it. Is there any action? There is. There is action actually, but the action is it's not very well done. It's not captivating. It's Again, because they're fighting against these terribly animated three D monsters, I I just couldn't bear to watch it. You know, I have my thoughts on three D. I don't think it's you know that bad, but then you know, anime adaptations. Some do it really well. Some do it eh okay. I mean, it's like you know, you have orange, you have polygon pictures, and I like I like I quite like the polygon stuff. This is not that though. This is. Man, I I still can't get over the fact how badly done uh, the the monsters were. It just felt so jarring to watch that on screen.
0: All right, so that is a heavily endorsed series of the opposite variety by Will, which is Deep Insanity, The Lost Child. You're welcome to check it out and tell us that we're wrong, but I don't think Will is wrong on this one because it actually is not ranked very high on my anime list. The next show, though is rather interesting and will and i both have watched it is hike monogatari also known as hike story we reported on it uh i think several episodes ago in a news story and uh this show is based on a novel and produced by science saru and directed by naoko yamada of kyoani fame we referred to her in on the good anime pal podcast as the kyoani queen because she directs pretty much all the very f- well-known KyoAni Annie stuff, which is surprising because she is co-op- uh, chilling with science Saru at the moment and producing Hike Monogatari. Uh Will, how many episodes have you watched of it? I'm pretty up to date with it. Uh, I think I'm, I think I've watched up to episode two or three. I forgot which yeah. one. So Heike Monogatari is.
1: It, it's definitely very ambitious. You know, it's talking... It's, it's essentially a period drama in, like, the 13th or 14th century of Japan. Um, So, you know, whenever we talk about old, like, Japanese folklore, most of the stuff we talk about is more, like, Edo period kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, like, would this one be even further back than that? You know, a lot of things we don't necessarily understand. And, it, and the show does try to make an effort to explain those stories, explain those tales, but... You know, with the limited amount of episodes that have come out so far, it's still kind of hard to really grasp the full story. Um But if you look outside of the story, it's it, it's a very very beautiful looking anime. Yes, it extremely is extremely beautiful. The music selection is kind of interesting. Yes, um, also very. Interesting. I I wasn't like blown away by the opening uh, nor some of the, the music choices throughout the episodes. I do
0: think the opening title does. Like, the opening title sequence, if you exclude the music, actually looks pretty good, though. It
1: is. It it, it feels very, like, slice of life even though it's still very much kind of, like, a mysterious... Okay. Mysterious is not the right word. Because there's, there's nothing, like, strange or, like, uncertain about it. Wait, really? Uh, well, yeah. But, I mean, like, if you really look into it, it's more just you know, a kid who has miscolored eyes but is able to see certain certain things and then meets another person who also has miscolored eyes and can see certain things and the more you watch it the more they start explaining you know the reasons behind the visions they see and how it affects the people around them does plot uh, the synopsis world. count
0: as spoilers no right i mean if it's on my anime list yeah it's not it is on not. my anime list So i mean yeah go for it so the young girl is named biwa and she's a traveling musician yeah
1: so biwa is actually the name of a stringed instrument that's kind of like um, a shamisen. Yeah, uh, it's it's still plucked with a paddle, but it's you know more round like a lyre as yes. opposed
0: to like a little box shape. And she's blind, but she's also gifted with one eye to see the future. So hence the discolored eyes. Then she meets, uh, what, what's what's his name? Tara no Shig Shigomori, which is kind of like a. Uh, not a lord, but, like, below, that serves a certain lord. He's royalty, essentially. Yes. And uh, he belongs to a a very powerful family. And his ability, so to speak, is that he can see dead people with his eyes. And it's about um, this guy is like, oh, I meet this girl who has this ability. I kind of have, like, a weird ability. You have nowhere to go. Why don't I adopt you? and it's essentially about a uh, Biwa's kind of in like knowledge into and thrust it into this hierarchy of like honor lords political maneuvers getting married and betrothed in order to appease certain people you you dishonored people so then you get punished it's very very akin to those asian like palace dramas you know that has multiple wives and then the wives fight with one another and then there's maids and love affairs and all that but i don't think that this anime is going to be very receptive towards western audiences it's still very foreign for them,
1: because, I mean, as we mentioned, right, it's a period drama from a very, very, very long time ago. Stuff that most of us are not going to be familiar with. I think even if you, if you were from Japan and you knew the culture, it's still kind of, you know, out there. You still really need to know your shit in terms of the history. Um, and the fact that, like, a lot of the stuff is tied to, like, prophetic visions and future hindsight and all that. There's still a lot of things you need to sort of uncover and explain as the episodes go. Like It, it, it gets a little more clear, but at the same time, like you said, it's not
0: going to be very straightforward for most people when they watch it so will kind of mention that it's kind of slice of life which is rather accurate but on the other hand there is this character drama i think one of the episodes that i watched either the second or the third talks about the daughter of the male main character who adopted biwa and kind of is it her daughter or sister sister mm-hmm. is it sister or daughter it's sister sister and uh, kind of her struggle, and Biwa's struggle in trying to figure out what's happening, and dealing with her inner demons, and fate, and love, and familial bonds, and everything. It's one of those things too, where it's like she
1: has like you know prophecy-seeing eyes, but you also like know what happens when you try and mess with the future. You don't, you have no idea how things spiral down, and either things could be exacerbated, or you might be able to save someone based on what you see, and then take action but right it's it's just there's a whole
0: lot of obscurity at the moment with 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 the way that she sees the world and the theme of you know some being special is not or having these special abilities is not all rosy and that for every good thing that can happen there is an equally bad thing that can happen and sometimes those bad things happen to people that you love and the good things happen to people that you don't love and uh i know like we're kind of being very cryptic but that is kind of the show I have to say though Yamada is just she is like a genius when it comes to directing and visuals because it looks gorgeous and I will say a hundred percent that the look is amazing uh the science Saru kind of characterizations of the character design is very uh faithful because if you watch or, or watch uh, other science Saru stuff you you'll be right at home there are layers and layers and layers of meaning and symbolic and symbolic you know metaphors and all that stuff so we'll have to see how that goes also the va list the voice actors and actresses are all like super super famous and, like, and also the people who did the music and just the
1: the just the sounds in general right not just the theme song but also like the sound directing like it's it's very saru Exactly. So, so like, when you have that consistent kind of core team, but introducing new directors and new people to come in just to refresh things, it's
0: it's, it's pretty much like Onion Choy's bread and butter. Right. So in summary, for me, I think it's a very slow show, but it's also like a hidden gem that could potentially be very, very good. I think it's also a very niche show. So we'll see how the story pans out. Uh, I would give it like a 7.5 to 8 out of 10. And I would probably see... Like, watch it and every week and see how it goes.
1: Yeah, it could be a 7, it could be an 8. I mean, like, I have my science-style biases, I have my onion-choice biases, but, you know, like, I, I still got to be impartial about this. So we have to watch
0: more of the episodes to see where the final
1: rating will, ri- will lie.
0: Right. Our next anime series is a series that I watch called Isekai Shokudo Number 2, known as uh, Restaurant to Another World Season 2. It is based on the light novel of the same name, it's produced by OLM and season one premiered in the summer of twenty seventeen. I finished it a while a long while ago while it was airing and gave it a seven out of ten. So Restaurant to Another World in order for me to explain what it the show is, I have to also explain another term called the Iashike genre. The iashike genre is very, very specific to Japanese anime. Usually to anime and manga. And it is a subgenre of slice of life. And basically, everything is peaceful. Nothing terrible happens. It's more of what they call a soothing, healing type of anime or manga. And it kind of is intended to just give the audience sort of relaxation and chill. So there's very little conflict uh, or minimal conflict. There's not a lot of, like, action, blood, and guts. Everyone is very happy and understanding of one another. So this genre is very well known for it to be, quote-unquote, healing. That, I think that's what the term means. So it's extremely serene. And Restaurant to Another World is just literally what it says. There is a restaurant that has a door and this door also appears in a lot of other dimensions and worlds. And you get a lot of new customers who come into this uh, restaurant. They order food. And usually the food is something that you and I would know, like katsudong or like parfait or cream puff. And it is usually these people who have never heard of these food and then talk about eating this food and it being delicious and whatnot it's it's extremely chilled anime they go really heavily into uh food porn except it's not pornographic obviously um but it's also
1: not as crazy as like food wars right exactly
0: that's the other like quote unquote food porn anime manga that i would say but this is like the opposite like it's not lewd it's not anything it's just like people like enjoying their food having banter Light banter with one another, all from different worlds and different cultures, and just having a merryl time.
1: It's like Emiakun, right? The 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 food, the cooking,
0: excessive uh, life fates. Right, except it's... in this case, it is not fake characters, but just a bunch of assortment of characters from different dimensions and different races. But people still cooking food and enjoying it. exactly. And like each episode has either one or two like food that is being featured. I think one was like a cheese pie or something. One was like a cream puff, as I said. So Cheesecake, I think, was the first episode as well. So if that interests you, then that's exactly what it is. It doesn't offer anything more. It does not offer anything less. So if you like season one, there's no doubt in my mind that you will like season two. But if you go into season two expecting more from what was offered in season one or just expecting more in general, you're not going to get it.
1: I mean, it just seems like one of those things you kind of just play in the background, right? Like, more for, like, therapeutic purposes as opposed to, like, sitting, like, glue your eyes to the screen kind of enjoyment. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, the formula is exactly the same, which is either a character shows up at the door not knowing what it is, opens the door, and gets transported to the restaurant. They get perplexed at what is going on. They order a piece of food, which is featured, and then they kind of gush about it for half the episode and then... They, they do another kind of, like, skit slash chapter. All right. Well, that's Restaurant to Another World Season 2. Yep. Probably okay. going to give it the exact same score I did give Season 1, which is a 7 out of 10. Cool. Now, on to the next
1: series, or at least, you know, the next property, which has already, you know, come out, but now it needs to be out in TV form because you just can't get enough of Demon Slayer. Will, you like trains? Uh, dude, um, I'm still kind of mad that you watched Mugen Train
0: without me, so I'll just leave you to watch to- Talk about this whilst I just be angry in my corner. Kimitsu no Yaiba Mugen Train Arc. The TV version, also known as Demon Slayer Mugen Train Arc. The TV version is based on the manga series Demon Slayer. Produced by Ufotable. And is the TV adaptation of the Mugen Train movie. Now, uh, for the TV uh, version, they have included an in- first episode as a new episode. Kind of like an intro. Then the movie part starts. Then the next several episodes that are going to be aired, they added new cuts and new animation and new background music, and I think at the end of it, they will include a new trailer for season two. I watched the first episode, which is the anime original, I guess, or the new stuff. It's pretty good. It's very
1: good, actually. I mean, it's literally fucking the movie, but in TV form, right? So... Of course it's going to be good. Yeah, and, I mean, the movie
0: itself was ranked super high on my anime mm-hmm. list. I gave the movie a 9 out of 10. I think this show is basically Demon Slayer Season 1.5, and I would probably give it a 9 as well. Uh The new stuff, which is the first episode, talks about what led up to the Season 1 finale of Demon Slayer slash the beginning of Mugen Train. So it was done very well it very seamless it almost goes straight it's almost like as if like i just watched like a f- the the movie like there's no everything transitions
1: very well basically but are, are these are the episodes like like 24 or 25 minutes each or yes okay so i guess it comes down to whether you if you haven't watched the movie like whether you want to watch the whole movie in one sitting or do you want to just
0: break it down to seven pieces i think that if you haven't watched the movie This TV version would be considered the quote-unquote superior version just because they have the new first episode, which is like kind of like the prelude, and then new cuts and everything is kind of redone a bit. I mean, the movie version looks great as is, but I think the TV version will probably look better. Uh, yeah. Well, you should probably watch it. So, I guess then, if no one's, if you haven't watched either, when which would you
1: choose? I would say the TV version because it's just easier. Cool. I'll just watch the movie then. Perfect. All right. Because you know why I do. I don't listen to you at all.
0: All right. Then comes Miru Kachan, which is based on the manga of the same name, produced by Passione, and the English manga adaptation is done by Yen Press. So there's a term, English term, called portmanteau, which is a combination of two words put together. Miruko-chan is kind of a weird name, but it is a combination of miko, which is the name of the heroine, and the verb mieru, which means to see. So it kind of carries that implication of seeing things that are supposed to be invisible or that not everyone can see. The... Miruku-chan is a slice-of-life horror. Now, when I say slice-of-life and horror together in the same sentence, usually they don't come together in the same sentence at all. But in this case, it does, and actually it does very well. The first episode builds up a lot of tension towards the premise of the anime. I'm kind of hesitant to talk about the premise of the anime. What do you think, Will? Do you think like that's "quote unquote" spoilery? No,
1: I mean if it's if it's in the synopsis or if it's just like literally the first episode, then basically I, I don't she a spoiler at all.
0: Basically, she can see like ghosts and demons, but like they're horrific; they're really like horrific looking. And uh, there is this thing where she tries her best to, uh, despite seeing these things, try her best to like ignore them or have like the best poke She has the best po- poker face ever. Like, if she plays poker, she's, like, a goddess. And it talks about her daily life, literally. And each section of her daily life being plagued by being able to see all these horrific things. And uh, episode one was a very good buildup because you actually don't see what she sees for, like, three-quarters of the first episode. And it's done very, very well because it wasn't in the manga. And uh, the animation is really solid. The water effects and horror elements are directed very well. But here's the thing. For some reason, which is absent in the manga but is heavily prominent in the anime, they decided to incorporate a lot of fan service. And by that, I mean, for example, there is a locker room scene that involves girls changing and then they kind of, like, talk about ghosts and stuff or whatever. I mean, I can see exactly why they have that in Miracle-chan. In the manga, I double-checked. I went back to the manga because I know they adapted it. They kind of not... There's, like, no... They do take place in the locker room, but there's, like, none of the lewdness. Or, for example, they do this thing where... uh, Miko-chan, like, drops something on the ground and it's underneath the desk. And she kind of has to reach underneath. The camera angle kind of shows it in a very provocative way. And it's kind of like... Why... Well, it's also because it's it's passione.
1: Yeah. I mean passione like three of the more recent things they've done before Miracle-chan, two of them are very, very classic etchies, one of which is Interspecies Species Reviewer, and the other one is uh the newer versions, like the, the newer adaptations of high school DXD. Right. They also did do like the newer seasons of Higurashi when they cry, but I don't remember there being much etchy in those. I haven't, I haven't watched a lot of the new stuff recently, but I mean, when you when your fame the claim to fame is DXD and Interspecies, I'm not surprised that they have
0: etchy scenes. I'm not surprised. Not, not edgy
1: fan service scenes. Yeah,
0: I'm not surprised, but it's also just a bit off putting. I guess. I mean, some people. I mean. It's supposed to be a horror comedy slice of life. Then you start adding etchy elements. It's kind of like, ugh. But I also have to say, though, the opening is done very well because it is the most deceiving song ever. It's very poppy, very uh, energetic. And the opening title sequence is, if you watch it, you'll understand. There is, like, this dark tone, even though it's extremely colorful and extremely poppy and energetic. You can tell by the the way that it is, uh, the title sequence is, it's it's like, dude, this is not, something is not right about this. And uh, when you watch Miruku-chan, you'll know why. In summary, I think that this is the perfect anime to show up now for Halloween. I think it's obviously done on purpose. So it still manages to contain a lot of references and dark undertones. You know, for the horror anime genre, you don't get a lot. I think this is a very, very respectable entry in that. And the fact that it can combine slice-of-life aspects very well. I really like the manga, and I think I really like the anime as well. I think it is 8 out of 10 material. And Miko-chan should play poker, because she has the best poker face ever. All right. Well, then, on to another series that you've been watching as well. Yeah, but you've been watching this as well.
1: Uh, No, I mean... I feel like you're probably going to be leading more on to it. So do you want to bring up? I haven't watched this one. Really? Oh, never mind. This is one after. Okay. I definitely watched this one. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I like it. I like it a lot. I've heard your thoughts about it too, but we'll talk about that when we discuss the show. Um, So carrying over from one of the, um, actually one of the highest rated shows this year, uh, which is Michelle Tensei: Jobless Reincarnation, season two dropped. And so, of course, you know, since I've watched, both Jason and I have watched season one, of course we had to watch season two. Um, Two episodes are out so far. And I, I like that they picked up from where they left off, just because it's just more
0: jobless. It's, it's it's, it's, a fucking good show. It's done by the same people who did season one. Bind. You can uh, read the English manga adaptation by Seven Seas Entertainment. It's based on originally a light novel. And I think there are also manga spinoffs and probably light novel spinoffs as well. There is no disconnect between season one and season two. It, it literally starts off exactly the same. They have the same opening, I think, right? Which I like the opening, too. And uh yeah, it's kind of same shit different day. But it's good shit. It's good shit. But in episode 1 in the middle like the middle chunk there is this character that gets introduced and in the and an event that happens and to me it just looks so out of place. Do you know what I'm talking about, Will? Yeah. Do you think it's out of place? No. Okay. All right. I mean it, that's I mean you
1: you had the same thing where like you felt like, the second half of the first season was kind of out of place and not that great compared to the first half, right? It's just one of those, you know, throw a spanner in the works, change things up, and then they bring back your your regular broadcast, what you would really expect of Jobless. But I think it still maintains the same level of just, a, you know, like, action-adventure, the whole, like, oh, there's still an old fucking, like, Hikikomori Hik- that's behind, you know, the... Image of Rudius Grey Rat, the main character. There's still a lot of edgy shit in this. So it's just, it's more of the same. I think it's still great. It carries on from season one. If you like season one, you're definitely going to
0: enjoy season two. And if you don't like season one, then don't watch season two because it's exactly the same stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not going to be for everyone, but it has, it's got, Really high ratings so far on my anime list. And I think it's just because it it, it
0: knows what it's doing and it does it really well. Yeah, I really like season two, though, like in general, like, yeah, what I said, what my criticisms were, I think are valid from my perspective. But there's no denying that it is a good series. And it seems to me that the rest of season two would carry on that quality as well. So there you have it. I would probably give it an an 8.5 out of 10. That's how I feel about it. Yep, maybe I'll maybe that will change. I probably would continue to watch more of it and give it an eight or a nine.
1: It's, yeah, it's really damn good. Yeah,
0: it's pretty good. The next show that we that I watched is called My Senpai is Annoying. Why are you calling yourself annoying? Because I am pretty annoying, senpai. So it is based on the manga of the same name. It is produced by Doga Kobo, and the English manga adaptation, which I have read, is done by Seven Seas Entertainment. I think Volume 5 came out recently, which I have. So, My Senpai is Annoying is an office, slice-of-life kind of show. It heavily features a really, really short, chibi girl with green hair, and uh, her kind of, like, relationship, professional or not, with this other guy who's huge and does like judo so there is this like very big height difference and build difference and uh it's just about slice of life office life I think the setting of an office life is rather uncommon in general you don't get a lot of that I think Watakoi was the most recent one that is kind of in the same vein uh It's very wholesome, very comfy, and I thought that originally, because the manga is a four-coma panel manga, so I was surprised in a way that they adapted it so well, because literally an event or a chapter is one page or two pages. So the fact that they can do it seamlessly was pretty commendable. I wonder how much of the manga would be adapted, but we'll wait and see. I also think that the use of colors is rather interesting because in the manga, what they did was each of the main characters has kind of like a color and everything that revolves around them have that color. So, for example, the main female character who's like super short and petite, she has green hair and a lot of the things that she has is green. The, the big burly judo guy is purple. Then there is this chilled kind of whatever guy who actually is rather interesting later on, is blue. And then there is the friend of the green-haired girl who is pink. Sakura, obviously, is her name. So, uh yeah. I think all the VAs are pretty good. The first episode is a very good introduction. And uh, it's very wholesome and chill. Slice of Life office stuff. I would probably give it a 7.5 or 8 out of 10. And if you're into Slice of Life, you should definitely check this out. Because... Of all the shows, I think this one is the most wholesome slash slice of life slash comfy. Yeah. All right, well. Right, now it's my turn.
1: Cool. So, one of the shows that I I think Jason also was interested into, but not as much as me, um, it's done. Uh, the manga itself is done by probably one of the more famous uh, mangas, Oba, uh, who is known to have done. Death Note, if you haven't watched
0: it Wait, Reddit. what is Death Note? Uh,
1: yeah, I'm just going to ignore that because... Wait, who, what is who Bakuman? Has, who what is Bakuman? Heard? Yeah, that was the other one too. Oh, wait. I didn't. Oh, you didn't say it yet. Shit. <laughs> yeah, so Bakuman and Death Note. Both of them really, really good. One definitely better than the other, but I, I appreciated Bakuman for what it is. Uh, now, from the mangaka, this is the third series, I believe. The third series that uh, got serialized and... It definitely has some popularity, but definitely not nearly as much
0: popularity as the previous two. Wait a second. Didn't Hikaru no Go also get serialized? And also... No, it's serialized. Adapted. Was that Oba as well? Yeah. I guess it was then. Okay. It's about YKM. Like right? a Go. Go. G-O. Uh, the board game. Board game. I don't know. But yeah, we'll continue. I'll check right now. Um, so... You're
1: half right, but also half wrong. because oh, I it's, see. The it's story. not Oba. It's it's illustrated by Obata, but okay. not written by Oba. Okay. So, now he's trying to be smart, but no dice. Anyways, I mean, it does but, look exactly the same, though. I mean, it's the same guy, right? Yes. Yeah. So, back onto the main discussion here. So, I'm talking about Platinum End. Now, Platinum End... It didn't receive as much fanfare. I think the manga actually finished up fairly recently, too. Um, It didn't last as long as the other two main series, because those two are super popular, sold really, really well. I think Platinum Men did okay. It was kind of mediocre compared to the other two. Um, But, you know, I I thought, hey, why not? It's it's Oba no It's It's got to be interesting, right? There must be something in it that allowed for people to, to pick it up in the first place. So the... Anime is done by uh Sentinel MD, but I also found that in terms of the production team that Studio Piro was also involved in it. Yo. Yeah, but so the thing is. Platinum End is actually pretty good. I quite liked Platinum End, but the thing is the plot itself is it's very generic. Right. So but the man is about a main character uh, his name is uh, Mirai Kakeshi uh, a sorry uh, who essentially is left in the care of abusive parents the, the parents uh, are his uh, uncle and aunt after his his family uh, experienced you know a tragic end and um, The opening scene is is quite grim. It's it's actually a very grim episode um, because he has been left with no enjoyment whatsoever. He does not find anything in life. And for him, literally, it's just him meeting his end on the pursuit of happiness and realizing that nothing will make him happy. And so he decides that he wants to end his life. However, as he tries to, he is rescued by an angel who then comes and says, hey, actually, you know what? Maybe you don't need to die. You wanted to look for happiness, right? Well, I'm going to give you powers that allow for you to find happiness. I'm going to be able to imbue you with the ability to, to fly around and seek new challenges. So travel is no longer an issue for you. You're going to be able to build up new relationships and make new friends because I'm also going to give you powers to be able to entice people to like you. And so this is where like you start seeing kind of like similar aspects from other properties in the sense that it's kind of death note-ish because with the power to be able to control people it's essentially a death note power you can basically order people to do certain things and ultimately off themselves and at the same time the angel then tells them oh by the way you're given these powers because at the end of this cycle we're going to be announcing a new God. And not only are you imbued with these angelic powers, but 12 other people are also going to be challenging for the title of God in this world. Now, if it sounds very, very similar to another property that we've talked about before, it's because it kind of has the same premise. It's Mirai Niki or Future Diary. And it was also kind of pretty apt to that the main character in Funtin' Man is also named Mirai. Um... Yeah, it's basically Death Note and Muraniki and put together. Now, does it work? It actually does. It does work pretty well. And like for Signal MD being like a a decent studio, they did good work. It does look really pretty, and it does evoke more kind of like discussion about what it really means to be happy, what it really means to be good and evil. Because even though there are angels in this show, the angels themselves don't actually do anything. quote-unquote, angelic, like the things they do aren't necessarily going to get you into heaven because the angel herself who's imbued into Mirai says, hey, you know what? You can use your powers to convince people to give you money. You can fly over and you can rob someone's bank account and that'd be fine. But like, then the guy's like, wait, like, but none of these things will bring me happiness. It's like, yeah, but you get money. People will listen to you. And so then like it's kind of like, even though there's a lot of like angelic imagery, it's got nothing to do with, I guess, just morality in general like or the, purity, right? Yeah. You're not like angels aren't going to be sort of like the. The, the, the gateway for you to be coming, to to ascending heaven or hell. In fact, a lot of the things that the angel was suggesting is actually on the opposite end of good morality and that you're robbing someone. You're Maybe he's someone. testing
0: the main character. Who knows? Who knows?
1: But at the end of the day, it's like by, by God, they're not just saying like God as in the religious sense, but God as in literally the like extension of power, being like the overall ruler of this world that they live in. Um I think I think so far like everything looks really well really well done. The music is good. Um but because of the fact that it's a plot that most people have already seen before,
0: it may feel like it's just kind of, you know, same shit but different day. So a couple of things about the manga. The manga as will mention is has ended. There's 14 volumes and 58 chapters. This is also a rare case where the manga ra- ranked Uh, 7883 with a score of 6.99 is lower than the anime, which currently has a score of 7.60. So pretty big difference. But even though the manga is ranked 7883, the popularity is 212. So it is hella popular comparatively to the accolades that it has received. The English manga adaptation is done by Viz Media. And then the other interesting thing is from the get-go... They announced that Platinum Man would be a two-curse season. So, 24 episodes or above. Yeah, I think they're really banking on trying to get this you know,
1: overall popularity up. So, using the anime to boost manga sales, especially since man- the manga had just ended... Um, who knows? I think maybe you know when people start to appreciate more of the anime, they could start to increase the ranking for the manga. Um, but just based on watching one episode, I can't really tell where this is going. Other than the fact that I, I enjoy it, it's it's a it's a decent show. It's again, it's holding a seven point five. It could easily end up as a seven or an eight by the end of the season, or basically by the end of its twenty four its its whole curve. So no, it's, it's second curve. So let's see, let's see where this goes. All right. Well, what you got next? Yeah, So on top of Platinum End, uh, there's a few other things I've watched too. Uh, The next one I wanted to talk about is uh, called The Faraway Paladin or like Sahate no Paladin. So this is done by, I believe, Children's Playground Entertainment. Which is such a weird name, but yeah, yeah. never heard of the studio before. Um, But it was adapted from a light novel. um, And okay. (laughs) The reason why I picked it up Is not because it was an interesting title, not because it was done by a certain studio, not because the plot was interesting. It's because the main character is named Will. Yo. That's literally the only reason why I wanted to pick it up.
0: To be honest, I didn't think you would say it, but okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the main character, his name is William G. Maryblood. Now, that's not my name, but yeah. what? The last name is Maryblood? Yeah. M-A-R-Y-blood. One full word. And so it follows the story of this young man named Will. Young man, he's still a child in this. So it kind of like shows like he is from another world. It's an isekai, of course. Uh, And... A lot of stuff is kind of held under wraps because he doesn't explain what he was originally in his previous life. He just says that he has memories of what he used to do before he moved into this new world where he's born as like a young sort of magical warrior. He's got, you know, good physical abilities. He also has the ability. He's he's imbued imbued with like supernatural powers. So he can also cast magic as well. Uh, And he's raised by three um, undead parents. um, Wait, what? Yeah. One of which is like an undead woman named Mary. um, A undead skeleton soldier named Blood. There you go. So There you go. uh, That's where the name Mary Blood comes in. And then also an undead mage by the name of Augustus. So I don't know where the G comes from. Maybe from Gus or whatever it may be. But... These three sort of adoptive parents essentially oversee the upbringing of William, one of which, you know, the skeleton warrior teaches him to fight. Augustus teaches him more about, you know, sort of magical casting and, you know, learning how to, to pray to generate, you know, the magical infinities. And then Mary is the more kind of like the mother figure, the more social mother figure, even though she also, there's a lot of things that she doesn't explain and actually doesn't show a lot in the anime too. So, Everyone seems to have their own secrets. There's not a lot shown in the first episode because of the fact that everyone's kind of not really telling one another who they are, what they do, and what their past is. But it's always like, oh, when the boy's older, we will tell him everything. But because he's a young 9 or 10-year-old, however old he is, he's you know, generally curious and wants to know more about the world he's in, but at the same time, he's also harboring his own potentially dark secrets. So, you know, he's sort of learning things, exploring things.
0: He sees things that he's not supposed to see, and then they explain to him, when you get older, we'll explain more to you. So does the the three adoptive parents knows that Will is isekai'd? Uh, no. Okay, so... He's just born into the world, but, and then that's the thing.
1: He's always like, I... Want to know more about them, but at the same time, I don't know how much I want to tell them about my own past, about my own previous life before he came into this world. So I think everybody's kind of holding their cards close to their chest and not really showing everything yet. Again, only episode one. We may know more in the next few episodes, but as of now, there's a lot of things that are kept under wraps. We don't know why he got adopted by three undead parents. We don't know why he got isekai in the first place. There were no trucks. There was there was, there, were, there were no like there's no like actual references of what he was doing in the past. So a, a lot of stuff is kind of left to obscurity. Um, I guess we'll find out in the next episode or two. How does it look? It looks decent. It looks it looks okay. Uh, again, I I don't really have much reference for like the previous works of uh, children's. Playground Entertainment other than the fact that they did some assistant work on Citrus. They've done a few other shows I've never heard of before. So this is actually one of their more highly rated shows, at least on my anime list. It's actually, um, at the moment, holding a, a good score of 7.57. That's Oh my pretty god, good. I,
0: other than Citrus, I do not recognize any of these shows. Yeah,
1: and a lot of these, it's like, I mean, they, they a lot of them are kind of just like assistant works. Like, for example, like Infinity Force that was a Tetsunoka production um saison cerberus that was a, a bridge production so i think this is like one of the main titles that children's playground it's a mouthful
0: we'll just call it cpe so cpe also has another show airing this season called the fruit of evolution before i knew it my life had it made uh could you guess if it's an isekai or not the question answer it is an isekai so they're talking about uh, Shinkai no Me, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, like the opening synopsis
1: is someone is an ugly, revolting, dirty, smelly fat ass. Yep. Interesting. So it has a six point six four, which is not very good at all. It's it's like barely decent, barely barely watchable, according to at least from our
0: like score perspective. Like if you give me that number and said that this show has that score, I'll be like, forget, I'll be like, forget it. So. So wait and see, right? Yeah.
1: Sayate is, is good in the sense that it, it looks well put together. The sound is decent. But there's not a lot for you to infer from. It's really hard to really see what the direction of the show will be. I mean, most of the time, Isekais spend a couple of episodes to world build. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so right now, like literally they haven't even started from square one. It's hard to really see where it's going. I don't even know what the main shtick of it is. I have no idea what to expect. But hey, it. It's definitely an interesting watch, and
0: it stars you, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm the main character in this in this show, right? Uh, the English no- uh, light novel adaptation is done by J Novel Club, which yep. does a lot of light novel English adaptations. Yep. So, if you don't want to watch it and just want to read it instead, go ahead. I mean the the manga.
1: I mean the light novel actually is decent. I mean it's actually pretty good. It's got an 8.11 on my anime list, so ranked, there has to be something ranked right? close to the top 500. So it's it's definitely it's it's one of those like more obscure ones cuz like in terms of like it's popularity it's 2800 ooh uh it's got less just over 5000 members on it so it's definitely one of the more sort of like hidden gems but then again it's like i don't know if light novels get as much attention on my anime list cuz it's mostly featuring a lot of anime and manga so maybe that's why it doesn't have a lot of people following it but hey look no matter what how the popularity is 8.11 on my anime list that's really good for a manga light
0: novel anything really so let's see how this develops yeah. and the anime score of point what 6. 67? 7 6.67 7.67 7.67 sorry sorry 7.57 sorry yeah 7.57 is very it's decent yeah. it's definitely
1: decent and i think that it will probably stick around there maybe a 6.7 7.6 7.7 7. um i don't see it overall being an eight but
0: hey We'll see how the rest of the story unfolds. Now, this next show that you have watched, I actually heard a lot of buzz about it. Um, that show is called Sakugan. Yep, Sakugan,
1: which was done by Satellite Studios. And its I think it, it, it's an original, I think. Or I don't at least know if it's got like a, a light novel adaptation for it. But um, I'm not quite sure why there's a lot of buzz around it on Reddit. It's it says it's based on a novel. Okay, so maybe not maybe not light novel, just novel in general. Yes. but the show is, I don't really know where the buzz comes from. It is it definitely looks pretty. So it follows a you know a, a girl that lives in the distant future, um, in a, in a colony called well in an area called the Labyrinth, which has several colonies, uh, and um, some of them are kind of like sort of extreme settings. One is like oh, one is rich with like minerals, looks like 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 gold and silver and diamonds and all that. One of them is like world which is extremely hot. Uh, So it follows the the life of a girl named. This is gonna be her name is Memempu, Memempu. Okay, and her dad is called Gagumber. Yeah, it's very interesting names. Um, But um, yeah, they basically go around and just. Cause a ruckus. They go around trying to basically mine and mark, you know, monsters, trying to get out the resources in this really dystopian kind of like really, really resource dry world. And it's it's kind of cute. It's kind of interesting. Kind of Hana is in it. Yeah, but at the same time, it's I I don't quite know why it's getting a lot of. But maybe it's because Hanahana is nah, no, No, there's no way that she just carries the yeah, whole it, anime it can't be I mean she's done so many shows yeah. and not all of them are popular right right uh, like, there's only so much the VA her can name, do her name carries weight but not that much yeah right? it's not like oh you watch the show just because of
0: her I mean some people, some do, people do some people but do but it's also like I don't really see Sakugan being one of those um, so is Sakugan you, you don't seem to know why everyone is buzzing about it. It but, looks decent. Okay, I was about to ask that. It yeah. looks decent. It doesn't look fantastic. And the production in general is good, right? Like, just
1: good, right? Yeah. I mean, it's also interesting as well that they also have um, e- Eriko Kimura doing the sound design. She's also the one who did the sound design for Hakemonogatari as well. So, yeah, you know, it's it's definitely got, like, a good cast of people, not just in terms of VAs, but also in terms of the um, the members who are working for the, the sound design, the animation, the, the production side. But so far, I'd say of the th- <laughs> it, it's kind of in that weird spot with with Paladin, with of Paladin, where I don't really know where it's going to go, and it looks decent, it looks interesting enough to keep me wanting to watch more, but I don't know if this is going to be more an 8 than a 7. Right, so... I mean, I mean it, how, it holds a 7.57, which is as close to like the middle as you can get for like a, a, a show that's between 7 and 8.
0: Well, so, it's exactly the same ranking as... the same score as a Faraway Paladin. Yeah, so who knows where these two shows are going to go. And, I, I think when it comes to these types of shows, there are, I think, two things that will happen. Either you watch the show and then you drop it because it just doesn't jive with you. Actually, three things. And then the second thing is either you watch it and be like, whatever about it. Or you watch it and you kind of really, really, really like it. I think it's one of those shows that are very divisive, I think, in terms of people appreciating the anime itself. But it's not a bad anime, right? Well, it's just not... There's no, like, wow factor. Nothing to be like, oh, this is its hook, its attraction. It's just more like... It might just be a case of it's
1: too early to tell, but... At least, I still have to give it, like, you know, initial observation. And give yeah, of you course. The, and so, like, from from the three I just mentioned, right? So, i had to say, you know, Paladin, Sakugan, and Platinum End. Even though all three of them are very similarly scored. Even Platinum End is only a 7.60. So, it's only, like, 0.03 above the other two. I'd say that Platinum End's got a little bit more going for it, but that's also, like, like no shit. Like, it's Oba Obata, and it's Signal M D like, I'd, I'd say it's a slightly more rentable, more well-known studio compared to Satellite and definitely more than Children's Playground Entertainment. But you, you definitely need to watch more to really make a decision of, is this going to be a drop? Is this going to be a hit? Or in general, is this going to be something you will actually finish and then maybe give a score at the end? So
0: on Mal, when I see a show is 7.4 to 7.6, that region, that is kind of the weird gray zone to me of Purgatory, like... kind of... Some people like it. Some people don't. That kind of thing. It can literally go both ways. But I think also another possibility is you can binge the anime after it's done and maybe then you will then really know sort of how good or how bad it is. Yeah. Well, the next show we want to talk about, this one I'm not going to be binging because I'm going to be watching it
1: every week whenever it comes out because it looks fucking fantastic. We
0: are talking about the number three spot on week one of the Reddit Karma ranking, Tact Op Destiny. Will and I both have watched it. Have you watched the second episode? Yes. Okay. I can see why you like it more than the first episode. Yep. Uh, It's an anime original and is produced by none other than the M-Boys, the Mappa, and Madhouse. So you have the the younger brother and the older brother. I mean, like,
1: we've seen the production quality from Madhouse and by Mappa. It it definitely looks like a Madhouse-Mappa
0: property. Are we going to attempt to explain the the general premise of the show? Okay. So, Tactic, <laughs> OP,
1: Destinies. Now, OP is short for Opus. Like Magnum Opus. Yeah. So it's like a piece, right? It's just basically like a piece of music. And it's set in a world, a very, very, very dystopian future where music's not necessarily played around uh, that often. And there's monsters everywhere. Called D2. Yep. Uh, The main character, his name is Tact. And he has the power to be able to play music or an opus that's used to essentially defeat these D2s. The opus that he is imbued with is called destiny.
0: Hence the name tact opus destiny. And destiny being uh, the kind of like this kind of kudere kind of like red, Red colored person, yeah, with blonde hair or
1: white hair. White so, hair. Yeah. White hair. She doesn't really say all that much. She just does her job. She eats a lot. She eats a fuck ton of food because she she's... needs
0: the calories, man. But
1: it also, like, she's just not very efficient because these are just basically they're, they're very young. It's 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 like a young, like, inexperienced master, and it's very inefficient underling, oh. Basically trying to defeat these monsters, which are fucking massive, by the way.
0: Oh, also, uh, tact when he kind of conducts this kind of battle. He goes through a transformation and he his he gets a what what's it called the, yeah, the conductor stick? The conductor whatever. stick? I forgot what's it called. I feel so bad. anyways.
1: So, he then basically coordinates and orchestrates a yeah. A orchestrates
0: piece. is the good term, yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh then Destiny goes around and you know beats up on these uh on these monsters. Uh oh, it's a baton. Baton. It's, it's okay, just, all right. It's, it's okay. just a called a baton. Yeah. I thought it
0: would be like more More technical, exactly. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's literally if you want its full technical term, conducting baton. There you go. Okay, it
0: it looks fantastic. As you can imagine, the music is it has to be good, dude. If the music for Tact Op Destiny is not good, I will like that. Then you're you're done, right? Yeah. The opening I really like. I really like. I like the opening a lot. I also I not only like the song, I also like the sequence. It just looks really gorgeous. Yeah. The first
1: sequence, the first episode, very action filled. It's just basically balls-to-the-wall action. You get to see, like, the attack's powers in full motion. Uh, and it's just a gorgeous animation sequence in terms of, like, the action. The second episode, more chill. But uh, you would need to watch it because we don't want to spoil anything. Yes. It's it's it, it's very important to the overall plot of, yes. the, of the world.
0: Basically, uh, season one just I – I'm mean, sorry, season one. Episode one kind of just – thrusts you in to kind of hook you basically it's immediately like this is the world these are the characters this is what happening and this is the goal that we have these are the characters that you will be seeing for the rest of the episodes uh yeah so i really like tact op destiny but i think will you like it more than i do oh yeah it's it's fucking great i can see this being
1: uh eight for myself um it, wait i thought you said you put a nine i mean nine is only like, being like when i see the Next couple episodes, at the moment, like the lowest it'll be is an eight.
0: Yeah, for uh, for me as well. Uh, I also have to say that the transitions between the use of two D and three D are done very well. That if you don't have like a keen eye, you, you can't. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, it's not noticeable, right? But uh, that's that's good too. It's not like very You good. have to see the three. It's more just like it blends well with the exactly. Overall. You,
0: you you can't tell the difference, which is what you want. When it becomes jarring, that's the bad thing. another
1: there's there's something we need to talk about later in terms of jarring 2d 3d transitions oh yeah yeah I, i know exactly
0: what you're talking about but we'll i think that's next but what i will say also is that without spoiling anything a piano plays throughout the two episodes that we have seen so good and the fingers that they play are not only very accurate to the song they actually show the fingering, like the finger movement. The fingering, the fingering. <laughs> I God, I had to stop myself, dude. Like it's it's done really,
1: really well, accurately as well. So hey, props to you know Tactopi. It's looking to be a good, a good original. Also, tacts VA and you know is, it's Miyamura I, I think, from Hori Mia. I think I've said as well too. It's like we've had like a good roll of originals every season. This is probably the the best original for fall twenty twenty one. You know, we've had VV, we've had um, Wonder Egg. The Wonder Egg kind of slipped a little bit. Um, so and then hey. Kudama
0: Drive before that.
1: Yeah. So Tact Tact looks pretty damn good. So I'm really really happy to see that it's done well. The first two episodes, as is seen with the Karma Rankings as well as Mal. So
0: let's keep the
1: ball rolling with it.
0: So one of tests. Uh... <laughs> Attacked off Destiny being one of the best shows of the season, probably. Oh, we we,
1: we got to go to the, the opposite end,
0: like, literally the the, deep, the deepest depths of trash. So there is a show called Tesla Note, which is based on the manga of the same name. It is produced by Studio Gambit, which, to my knowledge, is their first anime project. Okay. It, it, it definitely shows its first the, Anime project. the 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 score for Tesla Note right now is a 3.86 on MAL, which is just at that point you just got to give them props for for achieving this kind of and this is just a time of recording. It was wor- it was better before. It was a f- it was a four something exactly. Yes, yes. So by
1: the time this releases, it could drop even
0: more. Right. Uh, if there is a show that you want to just laugh at, this is that show. Actually, there's two shows that you you should watch and laugh at. This is one for like one specific reason. This is one because of how bad it is. A lot of people say that Tesla Note is basically X-Arm Season 2, and I cannot agree more. And we we want to try and like describe it
1: more beyond it looking and feeling just like X-Arm, but it's hard to because... It looks so shitty. It's... Oh, my God. The 3D is exactly the
0: same in terms of how bad it is. And the 2D, 3D... Like they, 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 they come and go at weird moments. Uh they have that 3D mouth movement which is basically there is no mouth movement other than up and down. Um, there was one fight sequence that actually looked kind of decent. No, yeah, oh I do know what you're talking about. That was okay. Um it stars a guy who looks like he came out of Shinjuku, right? Yeah. But he is a secret agent. And then there's also a young purple haired schoolgirl who
1: just so happens to be a ninja. And has trained many, many years for the secret mission
0: that is thrusted upon her. But she never knew what it was until now. Literally, that's what happens. And then his, uh, the girl's father is like, yo, this is a secret mission. And she's like, oh, finally. And I'm just like, bro, like, what is this? I will say this, though. The
1: opening sequence actually looked really interesting. Oh, when she... When, like, literally, like, the, the first couple of minutes, like, when... Like, not spoilers again, but we have to say it. When they're, like, in this old sort of, like like Victorian-esque kind of town and then all of a sudden oh, the, the train tra- just yeah. pops out of the sky just yeah, crushes okay. it at the that part actually looked pretty interesting except for the fact that everybody is white except for one person who's black and <laughs> yeah, they for it. some reason made him the only person that was 3D and it looked really jarring as if you didn't need to already know there's a black person amongst all these white people he also is the only 3D person amongst all the 2D people Oh my I don't God. know who came up
0: with that decision but Why? Okay, and then there's a sequence where uh, the ninja girl has to disguise herself, and that sequence is just like, what the fuck? Like, it's so stupid, bro. We
1: we don't need to tell you more about the plot, because... Fuck the plot. Just dude, watch it for it. Like, is burning trash fire.
0: Dude, it is so bad. It is so, quote-unquote,
1: good, dude. It's S- X-Arm-like. it's no, you, it, you watch it because of
0: how terrible it is, but you could, you could still find a good laugh out of it. You see, this is the problem. I think Tesla Note is better than X-Arm. I know that's not the saying... The score a, tells it. It's right. a whole point higher, yeah. I, I know that's not saying a lot at all, but the fact that it is more competent makes it almost worse, because with like you, you, we know you tried harder, but like, damn, like, you did not try hard enough. Or, 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 for example, like, with X-Arm, you and I can just easily drop it. With Tesla Note, I kind of still want to drop it a lot, but, like, eh, a little bit less. I kind of want to see how bad it gets. With, with X-Arm, you and I was just like, fuck it. Right? So, Tesla Note, dumpster fire of the season, scores indicate we watched the two episodes we indic- we, th- we think it's pretty trash you see for yourself yeah
1: we have we have just a couple more to go over um two more actually yeah just yeah literally two more and then yeah. final thoughts on the
0: season on the season premiere right uh the la- uh, the last show that i will talk about that i watched solo is tsuki to laika to Nosferatu. or just laika laika right which the literal translation title is Moon Laika and the Bloodsucking Princess, also known as Irina, the Vampire Cosmonaut.
1: That's a lot. A vampire and a cosmonaut.
0: <laughs> so it's based on the light novel of the same name and produced by Arval Animations.
1: I've heard of the studio, but I yes. can't really put down
0: like you know, what they've done. I forgot what they've done either, but they I've heard them before. Okay. So this show takes place... It's rather historically accurate minus certain things. It's about the space race in the Cold War between the equivalent of the USSR and the equivalent of USA slash UK. Because they kind of mentioned both, but it's kind of weird. In this case, they call it the UZSR and RHAC as like the Western power. So it is set almost exactly in that Cold War era with technology from that time. And it's a space race. They even mention the dog that went to space, which is Laika, I think. And then uh, they talk about trying to get to space with a man on the moon first. Now, in this UZSR country, they decided to have a vampire as their cosmonaut to train her so then she can be the test subject for the moon, like, to, to land on the moon. And if that was successful, they will actually send people. And then it talks about the handler that is assigned to this girl who is a vampire. And it's about the, the vampire girl really hates humans. And uh, the the guy is kind of just like, whatever... I don't know why I'm being tasked with taking care of this person. I didn't know that vampires exist. What the fuck? Um, And they talk about going through space training and everything. I have to say, though, to my knowledge, minus the fantastical elements of vampires, it is very historically accurate. They also talk a lot about expositions and character introductions in the first episode. I think there's like nonstop talking. In like the first episode, like the first half of the first episode, and just everyone gets introduced, and you you hear like oh general, lieutenant, and it's just like okay, guys, like chill. Um I also think that there is a very prominent scene in the first episode that involves caviar that is rather disturbing, but then they actually explain it in episode two, which I thought okay, but still it was rather weird. Like, um, this show is I don't know will well, i mean what are your what are your current thoughts in terms of like it's where you think the final score will be? I think it would be a six point five to a seven out of ten. right. I think that the fact that if you like historical stuff but with a fantastical element inserted in it, it's rather good. It's very accurate of training for space, and they really go in depth of what astronauts at that time have to train. So, if you like historical stuff with an added dose of fin- fantastical elements, Some cult war, vampire, yeah. space race shit. Yeah, and the vampire thing is pretty stupid because she debunks like a whole lot of stuff. That, in fact, one of her shticks is, "Oh, I actually am not afraid of garlic." You have a cross. What was that going to do? I actually don't sleep. I actually like don't need blood. I can eat normal food. So why why butter making? So why bother vampire? making a vampire? I don't know, dude. Okay. And they treat her like an object. So it's like an object or like a person. You know what I mean? Like, uh... so yeah, there you go. Okay.
1: We're ending the premiere episode on possibly one of the, the, most, one of the most entertaining entries oh, of the season. It is hella entertaining. Now, I've talked before. We've talked before about a music anime called Hypnosis Mike about pretty boys rapping, uh, doing rap battles. This time, ladies and gentlemen, we have something just as good, if not better. It's called Visual Prison. Produced by A1
0: Pictures. Which is the same people that did Hypnosis Mike. And A1 does good work.
1: They make things look very, very pretty. I mean,
0: they also do Kaguya-sama, too. So the, 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 they, also, they do a lot of shows, and they all look very, very competent. Anahana? Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's an anime original. And uh, Visual Prison is about... Vampire boy bands, fucking great! I you
1: you told me about this before, and I was like, I need to see this for myself. But the first five minutes
0: is incredible. Yes, it is. Right, the first. I, I... Should we just spoil Intru- it?
1: Introducing your pretty boys for this anime season. Oh shit! I forgot to take the
0: lyrics out. I've got, I've got one. Okay, I've got okay. One. Thank God, thank God.
1: But yeah, literally, like if anybody's ever played any of those Atome games or any of those like dating sim games. It plays out like that for the first five minutes, where you just see the cast of Pretty Boys that you expect to see throughout
0: this, with their names, and then they have like a one-liner, pose and all that. And And then they, when when the when they form like the four members, then they all of a sudden like have like a group picture, and then there's like this really edgy, kind of like this is our name, and it's just like, bro. Now we talk about the Pretty Boys, but
1: this is still first and foremost a music anime so let's talk about the music
0: music is so bad dude
1: so the the the, the, the actual underlying music with like the, the guitars and the drums and all that it's actually well produced very well produced i have to
0: say so like but but the lyrics but. the lyrics is so cringeworthy
1: if it, if you've if you wanted a crash course on english
0: This is it. So, English being uh, Japanese English, which is usually badly worded and mistranslated.
1: And this is not just Japanese English. You see it with, like, just Chinese Chinese and so on and so forth. And all that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, you have, like, Chinglish. You have Konglish. And then you you have English with Japan. Just, okay. The lyrics... I feel bad I didn't take the lyrics down. One, One of them is... I think it's, like, the third song in the episode where... They, they they sing a bunch of Japanese lyrics, very emo-esque, because of course of course you know, it's like they're teen vampires. They're, of course teen vampires. They're, they're gonna be emo. But two lines I remember very, very vividly is we'll break fake world. We'll just real world. I don't understand what those two lines okay. mean.
0: Oh oh I'm I'm watching it right now. Okay. But holy crap. Here are the here are the lyrics as I am watching the first episode. Allow me to take in all the lambs abandoned by God, more luxurious than any footrest, and now I shall bestow upon you the right to feel that pleasure. Bro, what the
1: fuck is this? Some real biblical shit and then t- talking and, and then equating it
0: to a, a footstool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, the storyline is main character gets bitten but didn't know he gets bitten and then somehow is the newest member of this boy band called guilty cross which is like fuck dude like okay and then it turns out that every so many years or whatever uh they have a boy band battle between i think four groups in this case of pretty boys who are also vampires and uh that's the story Uh, Not much of a story.
1: There is absolutely, like, I don't give a fuck about the story. I just care about the music performances. It's
0: so bad, dude. Okay, and remember the Ahegao scene? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So there is a scene where um, a a pretty boy vampire bites another pretty boy vampire. Of course, it's the younger, more effeminate-looking one. Yes, and some of the pretty boys don't look pretty boys. They look like women. But okay, sure. That's a look. I understand that. The guy... Bites the other guy, and the expression on the other guy can only be explained as ahegao. Do we want to explain what ahegao is? We do is? not want to explain what that is. You can Google it. You can Google it.
1: A-H-E-G-A-O.
0: There you go. Uh, but use safe search, please. Yeah. In addition, they do the the attack on Titan thing of the, the, biting the, their wrist. And transforming. And transforming. Also, they have mics, just like hypnosis mic, except their mics are swords and it just so happens that the hilt of the sword is their microphone you might think that this is all lies you might think that we are spoiling everything for you i'm telling you right now you have to watch it it's a sight to behold because we are not doing it justice i told will all of this and even he got a crazy kick out of it if
1: you like vampire pretty boys singing really cringy songs Hey, like this might be it for you, or you just want to experience just some real cringe shit and get a good laugh out of it. This, this is also it too,
0: dude. I laugh so hard.
1: I, I, I
0: haven't laughed that hard in more, a while.
1: More like it's like it's it's a little bit better than Hypnosis Mike in that sense because at least with Hypnosis Mike, when you watch it, you're like, what the fuck are they doing? This yeah, is it's so really weird. corny, right? But then
0: this is like this is just fucking like lyrical genius. It's almost like Hypnosis Mike was made so then they can learn. And then visual prison is done because of hypnosis, Mike. As in like, oh, that was like version one. This is version two. Well, there you go. That 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 basically, uh, yeah, that wraps up like the, the premieres
1: that we've watched. Now, there are going to be some that we didn't go over. Like, say, for example, 86 is doing really, really well. But neither Jason nor I have finished the first season. I'm about halfway through. But without finishing it, we can't really talk about season two. Right. But so far, it's, I mean, the,
0: in terms of the karma rankings and mal-rankings, very well. Another show that Will and I, or at least I, want to watch is called "Can I Make Your Ears Happy in 180 yeah, yeah, the, Seconds?" The ASMR anime. It's a show. It's an anime show about ASMR, and uh, it premieres after a recording, so we couldn't watch it. Obviously, yep. I wanted to watch King's Ranking or which, Summer Ranking. Exactly. It premieres on October 15th, which is the same time as the the ASMR anime. There's Way of the House Husband that premiered actually before recording, but we thought it's the same thing, so you, you 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 should not expect anything different. it's it's still gonna be funny house gag shit. So now worlds and harm we talked about um it should be in January now. but the last thing I want to talk about is supposedly my most anticipated anime of this season, which is Komi can't communicate. Unfortunately, it's in Netflix jail and what that means is october twenty first it will premiere on Netflix worldwide, but I think, Either the first episode premiered in Japan or something like that, but or pre screening or whatever. But for almost ninety nine percent of us, we'll watch it on the twenty first. So I'll report in.
1: So there you have it. There's a lot of good stuff to watch this season. Some stuff that you know are good because they're actually really fucking great, and some that are good because look, you just need a good laugh. You just need to watch something that literally baffles your brain and like is just like cringeworthy look dude like look no further than tesla note and fucking official prison
0: visual prison is so i actually would recommend watching official
1: prison over tesla Note. oh 100 but because... tesla note is also like if you really want to see some real
0: dumpster fire shit hey yeah tesla note is your is your stick right there right all right that is the end of this episode you can always reach us through our email gapallet at gmail.com that's g-a-p-a-l-e-t-t-e at gmail.com all lowercase all one word you can also contact us on Twitter using the handle at PaletteGood. That's capital P and capital G all one word. We have a Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash PaletteGood. That's capital P capital G all one word. We also have a website and we encourage you to check it out. You can visit our website at www.goodanimepalette.com all lowercase all one word. You can join us on Discord. We also have a Mao Club. Please join. We would like to hang out with you guys and uh, just talk about anime and manga. Music and credits for this episode. Our intro music is Glitterati by Fox Moro. Our break music is Up and Down by Toby Tranter. And our outro music is Sunset Dew by Lupus Nocte. Our music was provided courtesy of EpidemicSound.com. If you're interested in using Epidemic Sound as a service, we will have a referral link that's provided in the show description. William. The faraway paladin William.
1: Absolutely. Blood Mary. Yes. William G. Blood Mary. Oh, no. Mary Blood. Mary Blood. Mary Blood. Mary Blood. Through the adoptive parents of uh, a dead uh, undead warrior, and undead uh, mage, or whatever. So, Mary's I mean, there's there's
0: still plenty of shows that we haven't watched or haven't mentioned, but I think we we gave we gave you guys a very good rundown of what shows we're interested in and what shows you shouldn't be interested in. So,
1: you let least, us know yeah.
0: let us know what you think based on the initial
1: impressions so far. It's it's a, it's a good season. Yeah. There's, there's definitely stuff that you can be entertained with over the course of the next couple of months. I think it is a normal season is how I would say. Yeah. I don't think it is. There's nothing, pe- yeah, nothing like super stellar, right? Like you would already expect 86 and Dropless Reincarnation to do well. But there are shows like for like for me, like Platinum End and Tact- Up Destiny, very good stuff. Yeah. I think Senpai's Annoying
0: is really good. I also think Miruka-chan is really good. And I think for Jason as well, right? Like, when Komi finally drops, like, that one's going to be There's no way it yeah. would be bad. I just, I am I don't think it will ever
1: be bad. Yeah. So definitely keep an eye out for all the other releases or when stuff goes
0: online on Netflix or Country Roll or whatever streaming service you use. And we'll watch more stuff and report in every now and again. But that is our fall seasonal premiere episode. Yeah. So thanks
1: very much for listening to today. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of weeks and uh, hopefully bring more content to you. Um, I think the next episode we're actually going to be introducing... Uh, some stuff that is, is going to be a new episodic
0: yeah episode. it's going to be pretty interesting how that pans out yeah. I'm excited
1: so everyone take care here in Hong Kong so hopefully you've lived past this, these two back-to-back storms and uh, enjoy the rest of your week peace